0: You're watching the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to the show. Today we're gonna to be tackling a big question of why people are leaving Christianity, and our questions that Christians ask on social media segment. Also, we're gonna be uh, chatting with Darren, who is a missionary, teacher, and rapper, uh, in our Christian Got Talent segment. And then we're gonna be talking about uh, the controversial performance over at the Grammys over on, on our Digital Pew segment. And of course, we're gonna be doing our devotional as well, where we're gonna be in Hebrews chapter three, verses twelve through nineteen. It's a packed. show. Show, so I'm not gonna uh, take any longer than I need to do all the greetings. Let's go ahead and get it started. It's time for the cross.
0: Hey, can I tell you about Jesus, Ooh. the one who died for our sins? That Jesus. Jesus, and all I know is that there's
1: something, something about Jesus. Jesus. So every day I'll be praying out to Jesus wow. because I love. Can I all. tell you about Jesus? Ooh died for since that Jesus, yeah. all I know is that there's something, something about like Jesus. Jesus, so every day I'll be praying out to Jesus, wow. because I love the Lord. Hey, I- hey, what's going on, Anthony? How you doing, brother? I think you're on mute. Look, look at my shirt. You're on mute.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. What's going on?
1: <laughs> oh, nothing much, man. Just... Been busy, been busy. We, um, we doing a live stream show for my job as well. And that's been taking a lot out of me doing that and trying to do this and working and trying to get ready for retirement. Man, I have been stressed and busy. How about you?
0: Hey, man, the same thing, man. I uh not exactly your same plight, but teaching classes. I got this ordination group that's getting ready to you know, uh, cross their finish line and graduate. And so I'm excited for them. And then the church, you know, growing and um, hitting outreaches, man. We had a powerful outreach this weekend, pizza and prayer. We just out in the neighborhood praying for folks. And it was like, man, keep the pizza. We need the prayer. We was like, yes, that's what we're out here for. So, yeah, man, we're, you know, just just out there doing the work of the Lord, man.
1: Man, I tell you, when you just be like, um, when you be like, Hey, how can I pray for you? Even people who don't believe in God, even people that there, most people won't turn down prayer, right? Especially with how bad things are going in our in our world right now. Most people will let you pray, and then it opens up that door to share the gospel with them.
0: Amen. 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 All
1: right, well, just real quick, let's just see who we all uh, have on. Natasha was going on. Thank you for checking in. Uh, Gina, she said she um. She thinks more and more people are coming to the Lord. Amen. I, I do, too. We're going to get into that. What's yeah. going on, Randy? Thank yeah. you for checking in. Restoring Broken Women in the House. Let's see. Uh, Tim, what's going on, brother? How you doing? Thanks for checking in. Is this you? Charing greetings and blessings from Colorado. Anthony?
0: Yep. yep. Epic.
1: Make sure y'all subscribe Epic to the meme. Epic Ministries uh, YouTube channel. Oh, you've been dropping a lot of stuff lately. I've been seeing your shorts. I've been getting uh, getting notified. You, like you're like trying you to, trying to boost up that algorithm, huh?
0: She's getting out there. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's what's up. That's what's up. Cheryl, thank you for checking in. She says, yes, internationally, more are coming to the Lord. Amen. Let's Amen. see. Uh, Restoring broken way. Unfortunately, I believe, true, it appears to be, but that's what the word said what happen. So, okay, so thinks um my mom's thinking that, a hey, it may be declining because it, the, the Bible do talk about many will lead the faith. Uh, let's see what's up. Yeah. Uh, Hey hey welcome back. Yeah, we know we've been going for a hot minute, y'all. Uh like I said, yeah, man, we back. Bowl, we back. back. Right? But we back. We <laughs> back and we got a uh Christian got talent guest tonight, so we can't wait to matter of fact. I think I got everybody. Let's 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 just go ahead and get ready to hop into that cuz I know we got a lot to talk about and I don't want to hold my guest too long tonight. If he watched any of our shows, he know we go though. He know that we, he knows that we go. So anyway, we go.
0: We go. <laughs> That's right. All
1: right, so I do want to bring on, uh, I guess, Darren Miller, Miller who is a—he's uh, the founder of Faithful Fishers, right, and the Living Word Bible School. And the main goal of Faithful Fishers is to engage the lost. Uh, with the gospel of Jesus Christ, equip believers to live out their faith and inspire leadership in the church to conti- uh, continue in that process, right? So today, Faithful fishing ministry continues in Carville San Antonio, and Corpus Christi, as well as internationally, uh, all the way up to Central uh, Africa. Faithful Fisher's is currently training leaders and planning uh, Bible schools in India, Nepal, Tanzania, Zimbabwe, Zambia, and more. Darren is on fire, man. He studied at uh, Liberty University, Shriner University, and Dallas Theological Seminary. A whole bunch of studying, all right? Uh, he also co-pastored a church in Carville for six years before moving to San Antonio. He's out here where I'm at, and he actually goes to my church. And on top of all this, Darren is also uh, talented musically, right? He was nervous at first to admit it, but he's a rapper, Right. And Darren is a white rapper. So <laughs> I I was like, Dan, I gotta hear some of your music, brother, when he finally admitted to it. And anyway, he uh I wanna go ahead and uh, bring him on so we can hear his story and see how you know he's using his gifts for the kingdom. Um so before we uh bring him on, let's just go ahead and hit our segue over to our Christians got talent. That boy is good. I got no place with MVP letters on me like MVP better mind out you're I be on the
2: infinity. You can try to get rid of me, but I ain't gonna so high, so high, nine I ain't not nothing, so fly, so fly. How you doing down there, oh my, oh my. And he the king, still letting go the steering wheel. Trusting he gonna take me somewhere. Every gonna be all right. Every little thing gonna be all right. Every little thing gonna be all right. All right, all right, yeah. Every little thing gonna be all right now. Don't Only
3: fret, thing don't. to do is feel the Lord, oh. Only thing to do is feel the Lord, oh. Acknowledge Him and all your steps, only He controls what's coming next. Feel
1: the love, huh? Dan, what's going on, brother? Welcome to the show.
2: Hey, what's going on, my brother? Thanks for having me on, man.
1: Oh uh, hey, no no problem, man. It's an honor. Man. Let me move my uh, ward out of the way. All right, so <laughs> Darren, I, I I really appreciate you coming on. You know, we were talking. I seen you doing big things at the church. You called in, trained us, did the survey for us. You uh, did your missionary thing, which had mass support. Uh, and hearing good things about what's going on over there, and then on top of that, you doing music. So how do you have time to do all that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> man, I always tell people I just have a very productive form of ADHD, you know what I mean? Uh, my mind is just always going on on how I can bless bless people, bless the Lord, and I mean honestly my desire, my personal desire is to serve the Lord and so the music thing it's like uh, my hobby when when someone else is playing video games or you know doing sudokus or whatever you know people do at night, you know I'm making music um, or f- figuring out, hey man, how can I better equip? these people God has put in my life so that they can serve him as well. So I don't know, man, it's just, it's just what God made me for, you know?
1: Yeah. So, so, so can you tell us about, um, about your journey in the ministry and how it led to you creating a uh, faithful fisher, faithful fishers? How did, how did that happen?
2: Yeah, man. So uh, I got ordained as a pastor pretty young. I, I was about 22 years old. And I had this really naive idea that, hey, I'm gonna go meet all the pastors in town. We're all gonna be best friends and we're gonna like go save the world together, right? And uh, that's that's not exactly what happened. I found that for one, just being so young, um, as well as just honestly, in, in ministry even, um, in churches, there's, there's a lot of, I don't know how, how else to say that? It feels like you're stepping into people's territories, right? People don't always like to collaborate in ministry. They don't always like to engage with other churches, even as pastors. And that was really bizarre to me. I, I never had a thought that that would occur. I didn't have a ministry background. I grew up kind of in and out of the church. But as I sought to just really share the word of God with people, uh, to reach the people in my city, to train them up to, to just, hey, man, let's read the word, let's just do what it says, and let's see if God won't be faithful to his promise, right? And as the Lord just started moving through that ministry, um, I I was looking for how can I be more effective in serving other churches where they don't feel like I'm going to come and try to take people away from them or question my motives. And so in 2016, I founded Faithful Fishers as a Christian nonprofit ministry. That way, you know, I'm not a pastor from another church trying to come in and do something you know, on, in this church's area. And, and I know it sounds bad saying that, but that's that's how people feel sometimes, right? Uh, but instead I'm a ministry leader and I'm just offering a service to this church. And so in 2016, we founded Faithful Fishers and Living Word Bible School, really just uh, originally just trying to do trainings, trying to teach both the church members and the church leaders how to share the gospel with with easy tools, how to make disciples, again, with easy reproducible tools, and uh how to plant churches you know whether that is a, a formalized church plant or just home groups right home churches and so that's really how faithful fishers came about
1: man so and so y'all international uh did you have any challenges doing that how did how did you do that
2: man <laughs> so i always tell people everything i've ever done has been above my pay grade you know when we started the bible school i remember the lord giving me the vision for the bible school in 2015 and just being like dude If that happens, maybe 10 years down the road type of deal. And without going into the whole story, we started, that was in the summer of 2015. We started the Bible school in February of 2016 um, with 12 students and a team of pastors willing to get behind it and teach this curriculum. And I was just blown away at how God took me from that summer to that spring, planting the Bible school. And it was always in my heart, man, that, you know, people around the world, they don't have access to the resources that we have, right? Even just to be able to open up a study Bible or or to get online and just find really any answer to the Bible or about the Bible that you want. And all the pastors, like we take that for granted. That is a, a richness, a wealth that we have in America that most people don't have. And so in my heart, it was like, Lord, the day you allow me to offer this to other nations, I want to give it away for free. And I never really pursued that it's just something that was between me and the lord that i I wanted the living word bible school to affect the nations i wanted it to to be a free resource to those who don't have it and then just in the last couple years man i mean i don't know how else to say it. god just kicked open the door and it was uh i had several a handful of international ministry leaders reach out to me and just asking for help and once we started Working with one, it's like the doors just kept opening, man. And now I have I have a wait list. <laughs> I've got more than I can handle. So it's just all glory to God, man.
1: Amen. That's a blessing. I pulled up the website. I see you right here, front and center. Just want to kind of go through and just let everybody see it. Hey, if y'all out there watching and you uh, got a gift of giving, right? Definitely, uh, faithful fishers could definitely use it. Uh, again, like he said, he's going over all over the world, just helping people build these. Um, schools and classes and courses helping pastors be able to uh duplicate it and, and do it on their own uh just missionaries uh going out and doing great things and so i i just encourage you to go to uh faithfulfishers.org and check out the website browse through and just see if it's something that you can get behind all right anthony you got anything you want to ask there any any questions before we start talking about his music
0: yeah man, well well, first and foremost, I just want to, man, tip my hat, man, because I, that's some amazing work and you're absolutely right. It, there's a weird thing that happens when you try to partner with people, you know, and you think, oh, well, we're all pastors. We're all on the same team, right? Let's all come together. And sometimes there's, there's barriers that kind of keep you separate, you know, from being able to do that. And so I definitely understand that, but I love what you're doing because that—that's my heart too, man. To to do missions, to re, you know, uh, equip the saints, reach the lost, serve the least, you know, and, and just make make an impact for the kingdom of God. And like you said, don't nobody have to know our names. We just we just want to get it done. And so, I just want to tip my hat to you, um, man. I, I love I love what you're doing. I went and I checked out the website. Couple of weeks back, when Rico shared it with me, and I was like, "Man, this is this is the real deal. This is what we want. This is what we need." Yeah, it's a definitely a blessing, man. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, Amen. praise the
2: Lord, man. Appreciate
1: that. Yeah, no, I had it uh, definitely not at the level you're doing it, but I always had a passion of just seeing here in uh, in America, in our local communities, right, uh, different churches that. All believe the same way, all believe core doctrine, that we united and did stuff together. So, like, when we do things like food pantry or when we have um, just whatever we're doing, If imagine if all the churches in the local area teamed up. Imagine if all the local churches in the local area kind of got behind the mayor or the governor or the person they want to support, and they, they kind of got behind doing stuff for our community. I think we'll see a lot more people coming to Christ uh, in our areas, you know. But you're right, we do... We do somehow end up being being divided when we we're supposed to be one, and so that's that's definitely a yeah. passion of mine as well. So rapping, let's, let's let's go ahead and hop into that. How did you get started in music, and um, and how do you see how, how does your music uh t- skills intersect with what you do for for the kingdom?
2: Yeah, man, and so you're gonna hear well, the, if you were to. Sp- Spend time speaking to me, you hear me say the same thing probably over and over, which is, man, God just did it, right? And uh, I never wanted to be a pastor, never wanted to be an evangelist, never had any desire to do that. In fact, I, when God called me to ministry, I was training to be a professional fighter. That, that was my passion. And, uh, you know, I dabbled in music a little bit, started learning the guitar and singing and doing worship back in 2015. And uh, when I moved to San, or right before I moved to San Antonio, I was living in Kerrville still. Um, I'd started going to a studio and I was going to, to, to record some of my original worship music. And one day I was at home man, and this is, it, it's silly as it sounds. I'm playing a melody on my piano. And I just remember kind of laughing at myself saying, "Yeah, oh, this could be a rap. And that was to- there was nothing serious about that comment, but man, the Holy spirit came upon me and suddenly these words just started coming to me. And sure enough, you can go uh, on my YouTube. You can look up the music video uh, for the song entrance. And that is that, that is that song. I mean, it just literally came in a moment as I'm playing the piano. Uh, so that beat, I made it and everything. And so next time I went to the studio, I said, hey man, it's probably gonna be weird, but can I just, can I just record this? I don't know. And uh, so once I got that song, it was like the Lord just flipped a, a light switch. And then instead of me getting more worship, suddenly I just getting, started getting more lyrics. Um, I started hearing some of the producers' beats and it's like, I just suddenly had this desire to, to make Christian hip hop or Christian rap. And i had never rapped before. I didn't even listen to Christian rap, bro. Like once I started publishing music, Christian rap music, I then started listening and looking for Christian rap just to hear like what else is out there. And in my mind, you know, because I was, I just didn't know how much Christian rap was out there and how many people really love the Lord doing that type of music. I was like, man, can you even do Christian rap? And it be like really about the gospel because the little bit that i had heard years before it's like it was good and some of it was good but i saw a lot of christian rappers um their music just started getting real worldly or, or questionable after they started getting a little famous and and you may know a few of those who i'm talking about and they've come back i think and i think that you know they went through a phase and praise god you know whatever but to me that was the last thing i had seen and i kind of thought man i, I I just think that's how it all happens. Right. And so for me, it was kind of just this, this question, like, could I even do this? Could I really make Christian rap and could I, could I, could I keep my integrity where my only desire is to either share the gospel or inspire and encourage believers? Could I do that? And so my first EP entrance is also the name of the EP was really just me trying to answer that question and uh to kind of bring us to a close as i as i move towards that man i've just fallen in love with it and getting messages from people saying hey i've been listening to your music and it's the only thing keeping me sober this week oh, or wow. doing the show that we did at true life church last uh last october or whatever it was september and it was mostly church people right youth groups came but still we had a young girl from a youth group come up and give her life to jesus and get saved um and so that's what it's all about for me you know
1: yeah yeah, no, I could tell you, man. With me, so I don't know if I classify myself as a rapper, but I I used to I used to rap. I was in a group, and it was the opposite for me. So I was doing it before I gave my life to Christ, and then so when I gave my life to Christ, I really didn't want to do it because um, I never wanted to do it because I knew kind of the environment I was in and the things that I was doing when I was uh, making music, and and so. I can tell you the song that played for the intro, the intro song. Uh, I wrote that song. That's the only Christian song that I, that, I, that I wrote. And I just did that what like a couple months ago, Anthony. Um, I wrote I wrote that song, yeah. but like something in me just didn't want to. I didn't I didn't I didn't want to mix that because I was just the stuff that I was doing when I was rapping. I didn't want to bring it to the king, especially knowing that I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to be like a disciple to help make disciples and I want to do that in the digital age yeah. on YouTube and that kind of stuff. So I didn't want people to be like, oh well it's just his rap career didn't work out as you know, on the you know, on the secular side, so now he's doing it for Christ, whatever. So I just stayed completely away from it. Uh but you're right though, uh when I heard uh the instrumental for the song that I wrote, it just came to me. And I just like, and, and it kind of embodied, you know, what I'm passionate about is making disciples. And so it's like, can I tell you about Jesus? You know, the one who died for your sins, that Jesus. And so, you know, it was kind of like a disciple anthem for me. But other than that, I really didn't want to, I didn't want to do it. And especially too, like you said, a lot of um, Christian people who label themselves as Christian rappers are kind of getting a little secular, kind of getting a little, kind of getting a little worldly. And we're actually going to go into a little bit of that um, on our digital pews but before we go into that i just want to make sure anthony don't have anything else he want to just because anthony does music as well so so uh oh, anthony All if right. you have anything you want to, anything you want to share but then we're going to hop into the digital pews
0: yeah i i think you know what you guys are saying is so accurate because so often we are um we don't actually put the word into our raps we just rap we just sing we just write songs and because we're creative you know we got the you know the lyrics we have the cadence we have the beats but we want substance right and so i know all of us that's our goal is that it's the word that changes lives you know the bible says faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of god and so trying to get the word to speak to people's hearts through music and i I was like you rico when i first you know, reded, rededicated to the Lord and started walking with Him. Um, I stopped doing music for a while cause I wanted to get my heart right. I really wanted to get some of the stuff that was in my heart out before I started singing for the Lord and, or doing raps or l- singing on hooks. And, and so I collab with a lot of guys. I got a lot of musical people at our church, uh, that do great music. Um, original stuff a lot of our worship is original we write our own songs and things like that and so i i think it's powerful man you know um what music can do but we have to like you said kind of be careful uh that we're not just up there using our talent for our own selves but we're using our talents to lift up christ yeah
2: amen man you know and just one last thing i know before we switch gears is. What really got me it's like as much as i love to worship man and i've, I've written probably like 70 something worship songs since 2015 and played them a lot at our home church and at events and things but you know walking into walking into a to let's just say a neighborhood or an area or a demographic that doesn't know jesus and that is is poor or hurting which are typically the people that i'm, I'm dealing with right it's not like i'm ministering to a bunch of rich white folk uh you know just sitting in the office somewhere it's like hurting people right um something about just getting on stage and like singing how great is our God (laughs) doesn't quite connect as well right then this goofy white guy getting up there and then suddenly saying hey I'm gonna do some music for you and I start rapping and suddenly these kids these young adults these you know these people there I have their attention in a way that um I wouldn't have had before right and I I mean I even I even joke and laugh about you know being a bad Christian rapper just because that's kind of the stereotype but when you put that out there and then i I do think my music is is good you know um i have a lot of room to grow but i think it's i think it's good music and and christ is definitely in it and so i think that contrast between getting up and, and being kind of silly but and then coming out with a quality quality production and then really saying hey but this is why i'm here i'm here because of the love of christ and i want to i want to talk to you about what he's done in my life what he can do for you there's just something powerful in that that reaches a whole different group of people that you know a nice little worship song on a guitar just just doesn't reach
1: yeah no yeah no i mean you definitely hit a a a, a nerve with me where not a nerve but you really struck you know uh struck with me where you said um the fact that when you get up there and you rap about how good God is, you got their attention. Um, that's one of my passions is just, like, finding ways to reach the lost in ways that they can connect and get it. So, for example, when I started doing um, a YouTube ministry, um, I kind of got a little discouraged, and I was like, you know, you know, do I even really need to be doing this? Like, There's so many other pastors out there. Really, I could just get online and just, you know, just – Uh, recommend other good teaching and other good pastors and other all this other kind of stuff or whatever. But then, God just put it in my heart because I listen to a lot of Mike Winger. I'm not sure if y'all... I know uh, Anthony's familiar with with Mike Winger, but I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, Darren. But anyway, Mike Winger is this uh, youth pastor, nerdy, you know, white guy who just love the Lord, but he gets (laughs) on YouTube and just... Just get a word out for three, four hours, and people listen to him, right? And you know, but then I thought about I was like, people who grew up where I grew up, or you know, hang around where I hang around, they probably won't listen to Mike Winger. They won't hear from him, but they may hear it from me, or they may hear it from you know. And so that's why it's important that that you know um, we do. Kind of be like Paul saying, I'm all things to all people and just be able to adapt to certain people and be able to get that message. And then, two, the reason why we have so many different because the, the, we're one body in Christ, but the hand is different than the knee and the knee is different than the foot. And we just got different ways of serving the Lord. Right. And I think that's because people are just going to respond differently. And so, you know, I, I definitely applaud you for what you're doing. Um Again, mad respect for your teaching abilities, for your uh, worship—you know, for your uh, the way you worship the Lord and, and, and rap. But also too, you know, I, where I connect with you the most is, is the teaching, right? Because that's that's another one of my passions as well—is the is your ability to put those courses together and share the word, the word of God. And uh, you, if you go on Faithful Fishers, there's actually some courses that you can go on, uh, you can take and learn and, and get a little better with you being able to disciple people. So I just wanna just throw that plug out there for everybody as well that not only is he a rapper, but he's also a phenomenal teacher as well. And he put together some awesome some awesome courses that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ and help you grow as a disciple too. Before we before we move on, I do wanna um, bring it up. So Restoring Broken Women said to continue on, I guess she was talking about how while people are walking away. But after the great move of God, many will come running to Jesus. Amen. And yeah, that's yeah, hey and I think we're going to be seeing some of that. We're going to show some evidence of that a little bit later on as well. Randy saw your uh, music video, the clip that we did, and he said he loved it. What's going on, Carrie? Thank you for checking in. Hey, for those of you all who are just checking in, we're going to be talking why are Christians leaving the faith. Uh, before we do that, uh, just to catch everybody up to speed, if you just hopped in, we're interviewing Darren. Darren's our guest tonight. He's He's uh, a minister. Rapper, missionary, evangelist, you know, just all out, sold out for, 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 uh, for the Lord. And um, just a good inspiration for us all to strive to be like. Uh, but we about to get ready to hop into some Digital Pew's Christian News. And it's a good segue because you do music. What we're going to be talking about is some of the issues at the Grammy. I want to talk about the use of satanic theme in music performance that's also targeting children on primetime major network TV, right? And so let's just go ahead and hop into our digital pews. Uh, Darren, I know you're new, to you're a guest on the show, so what we do is we have these different segments, and on these different segments we just kind of react to them, talk to them. We have our audience share. Also, if you're watching, let us know in the comments, why do you think people leave the faith? Uh, Joyce and uh, let's see. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Thank y'all for checking in. Randy say amen. And Jason says, good to listen into this conversation. Jason. Stick with us, brother, because we're about to get ready to hop into some more juicy topics and more juicy content. So let's go ahead and do that now. Let's go try digital views. All
4: right.
1: So up first, I'm sure y'all probably heard about this. It's been all over social media news. Uh, Christians are upset, but it's really nothing new. Um, so Madonna, she introduced this trans artist named Sam Smith and Kim Petrez, um, the two people that's up in the red up top. The, my my top right. Um so they they introduced she, she introduced them out to the Grammys. They performed a song called Unholy. And that song, as you can see from the pictures, had a lot of uh satanic imagery, erotic rituals. They was basically just devil worshiping right there. And not only that, I, I, um there was I think Kurt Franklin and Maverick City, another Christian uh group was also in the audience. And so I'm curious to see how they felt or how they handle sitting in watching this performance. But this doesn't, this honestly don't surprise me. People who are lost are going to do lost things. People who are unsaved are going to behave that way. Uh, they're going to behave in a way that's contrary to Jesus' teaching. You know. However, my point, and the reason why I even brought this up, is because many people who uh, claim to support equality and respect for all, they seem to have no problem making fun and disrespecting Christians. You know, and um, this incident raised uh, a larger issue on the disrespect and ridicules that Christians face when we're and, and the fact that we're just not even included in the equality and respect topic. Can you imagine if we perform, as Christians, performed a song that basically went completely opposite of what some, so some of these other groups, I'm not going to even call them out, believe. But if we did that, we'd be called biggest and hateful and ugly. You know, um, and, 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 and to me, I just, I just don't like the fact that Christians are so easily uh, picked on, mocked, and targeted. And not only did they have this, um, not only did they have this uh, satanic ritual at the Grammys, are, uh Trevor Noah, the host, he also added insult to it. Let me, matter of fact, I'm gonna show this clip real quick. I gotta go.
3: All right, I go. No, no, mom, no, mom. It wasn't the actual devil. No, they were just dressed as the devil, mom. Not, yeah, no, I have I have to go. Yeah, yeah, you did warn me about Hollywood. Yes, yes you did, mom. Yeah, you did. I, yeah, I will. I will. Thank you. Thank you. She said she'll be praying for all of us. Thank you. All right. She's loving the show. Yeah, and see, you know,
1: they just they, they're literally just making fun of it, just right in your face. And then I can tell you so many Christians still support this kind of stuff. What what what's your thoughts on it?
2: Man, mm. it's crazy, you know, and <laughs> I, I don't watch the Grammys. I don't watch that stuff. I mean, I just don't watch it. I don't even, they're not even because I just, I just don't, yeah, but I, I it's crazy even. that, yeah, after this happened, I mean, you, you couldn't get away from it on Facebook. Right. And I mean, we know the, the way of the world is contrary to Christ, right. That we were our enemies of God in our normal nature. So that's not surprising, but to see how incredibly blatant, it, it really was man. Like they, this really was just straight demonic worship and influence and, and exaltation um, just right there in our faces. Like it, it really did surprise me a little bit, you know? Yeah.
1: Anthony, what's your thoughts, brother?
0: Yeah. I mean, scripture comes to life here that the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one that, you know, all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. And these things are not from the father. I mean, like you said, you can't really be surprised, but it still shocks you. Right. To see it. But at the same time, I mean, we got to expect it. And this is why we got to be on our job, you know, um, like Darren, like yourself, you know, preaching the gospel, preaching the authentic word, you know, making sure that people hear, um, that there is another way that there's 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 a there is a way that seems right to a man but the end there is is destruction and so we've got to let people know the truth and we've got to do it with love in our hearts that we can't look at them and just you know hate them you know we've got to you know have the heart that God has cuz he's not willing for anyone to perish but he wants all to come to repentance and so how are we thinking you know in a gospel centered you know view of the world around us You know, like I said, you know, we were out, you know, uh, sharing the gospel uh, just yesterday and just so many people. um, If we took what we saw on the Grammys and just transposed it on everybody and just looked at everybody as like our enemies and we're just, you know, and we're just angry and frustrated with everybody. Then we miss opportunities uh, to minister to the people who God is working on their heart because the Holy Spirit is working on the hearts of people. And we just have to be available because the Bible says that one plants, Paul said, I planted Apollo's water, but God gave the increase. And so we just got to stay in position. We've got to expect this. You know, it, what he saying say? In the last days, perilous times will come. And and man, what you see there is what Paul, you know, spoke uh, to Timothy and let him know this stuff is coming. And so we got to be ready and we can't, we can't be taken off guard by this. We've got to actually be able to take it in stride and keep doing what we're doing. What we're doing right now, you know, is making sure that people know uh, that Jesus is real. And so, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, you. you I mean, you, you bring up a valid point. You got to do it with love and it's hard. I think we talked about that on a couple of shows yeah. ago, you know, just loving your enemies and kind of dealing with that kind of stuff. And it, it, it really is hard because it frustrates you. Matter of fact, The ironic part about it is Trevor Noah did this whole thing about how music unites people. right? matter of fact, let me see, I think I got that clip, let me go to it.
3: When you look at it, music is made up of four key elements. Rhythm, a beat, melody, and harmony. And I've been thinking about that last one a lot this past year. Harmony. Different notes coming together in a moment to make something more beautiful. You know, so much divides us right now, but music is about uniting us through our differences. It's black kids and white kids rejecting segregation in the 1950s and instead blending R&B, country, and even gospel into rock and roll. You see, music isn't just the harmony of sound, it's the harmony of human beings, of different races, genders, religions, identities, sexual orientations, knowing we're different but rejecting division to find moments of joy and unity and harmony. And that's what music is all about. And that's what we're celebrating here tonight.
1: So after looking at that performance, Mm -hmm. do you feel united? (laughs) Do you feel included? Like, I would feel extra divided and excluded. And so he they go on and give this whole thing. They, they're kicking this whole, yeah, we're united, equality, let's respect one another. But then you turn around and do something that you know is blatantly disrespectful to religious people. I, and I wouldn't even just say Christian. I'm sure a Muslim person would be upset about what they saw, you know? And so to me, it's just crazy. So let me ask y'all this Do you think that we as Christians, should start coming together and demanding the level of respect and equality that some of these other groups do? You know, when they're feeling disrespected, when they're feeling violated, when they're feeling hated against, you know, uh, do you think this would be happening if we came together more as Christians and like, hey, that offends us, or do you think they wouldn't care?
2: Hmm. I mean, I I definitely don't think they would care. Uh, You know, the world, the, the idea of unity for the world is, I will do whatever I want as long as you're cool with it. And in return, I'll let you kind of do whatever you want and I'll be cool with it. Right. And when you think about, you know, music, music does unite us. Um, but for Christians, like the music that we're supposed to be united in is is music that glorify fulfills God. its intended person purpose. Right. It was created to glorify God and we glorify God. Together and so we come into unity, but we saw this even in Genesis 11 the Tower of Babel Right there was unity at the Tower of Babel unity against Mm -hmm. God not to make God's name great But they were going to come together which God had said don't do that. He said multiply fill the earth They were like "Nah, we got a better plan They were gonna come together and be unified and make their own name great their own city great And you know, that's what the world wants to do. They want unity But with with the core of it, uh, the the image that they're building in unity is is themselves, their own selfish desires. Right. As opposed to for Christians, we unify to make God's name great and to be conformed into his image.
1: Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Go ahead, Anthony. No, I was just going to say, you know, the the Bible is clear that, you know, um, broad is the way to destruction and many will find it. And so they're going to be unified. You know, the Bible says that the world loves its own, right? And so they're going to be unified, you know. So even if we shouted from the rooftops, you know, and got some laws changed and things like that, it still doesn't really change that we are foreigners and strangers here, right? That this mm-hmm. is not our home, <laughs> that, that that we're passing through. And we've got to act like that, you know. I think one of the common mistakes, and, you know, and I hope this doesn't ruffle anybody's feathers, One of the common mistakes that we make is that as Christians, we think that our job is to change the world instead of our job being to preach the gospel so that people can be rescued out of the world. I think that's a that's a difficult thing to swallow because, yes, we will make impact. Right. We're going to we're going to we're going to minister to the homeless and the hurting. Right. But we're not actually here to make this world into a heaven and eliminate all the evil and all that kind of stuff we're actually supposed to be preaching the gospel so that people can be rescued out of the world and brought into the marvelous light and then you know repeat the process and so it's kind of um it's kind of a tough question because i believe that if we have more people on this on this uh panel that some people would differ they would say, no, no, we should be, you know, pounding down the door for our rights. We should make them, you know, uh, uh, um, treat us with equal respect. And, and so, and I wouldn't argue with those people. I'm just saying for me, I just think at the end of the day, um, my job is clear. Preach the gospel, win souls, rescue people out of this world because this world's perishing you know, and everything in it. And uh, it's not doom and gloom because we still live in it. We still, you know, we'll still do good things, right. We'll still take care of people. But at the end of the day, um, man, I don't know if it would make a difference, but maybe who knows.
1: Yeah, no, no, you make a really good point though. Um, We're here to share the gospel, to rescue people from out of this world. So that's, that's really a good way to uh, think about it to, um, it will help you to not be so discouraged when the world just continue to go the way it's gonna go, right? Just going, going further and further away from Christ. But at the same time, I'll probably be on the camp with the people who's like, yeah, we should fight for our rights too, you know. Because at the end, especially here in America, you know, now other other countries, they may not be as free, but 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 here in America, you know, we we pride ourselves on equality and everybody having rights and and so we have judici- judicial systems in place and ways to get things changed in place and so um, why not why not at the bare minimum say hey you know treat us with the same level of respect that you that you want you know if not anywhere else then, then maybe we could be a model for other countries or whatever so I, so I, I kind of see it I kind of see it both ways uh, Randy said uh, we're called to be humble and not judge. And so, and I really like the I, I like what Sean said. He said there's a good and righteous judgment as well as a wrong as wrong forms of judgment. And I think when God tells us not to judge, we're not. We shouldn't be judging in a hypocritical fashion. We shouldn't be judging in a way knowing we're still doing wrong or, or, or whatever, or, or in a way where we're blind to our own sins, right? Um, but but it takes judgment. To tell somebody that, hey, what you're doing is counter to Christ, and what you're doing, you know, and um, this, you, you know, what you're doing is gonna is sin, and sin leads to death, and you know, and so there, you have to have that form of righteous judgment. But I think you hit the nail on the head, Anthony, where you said we got to do that kind of stuff with love. So there's definitely a place for righteous judgment, like Sean said, and then he also said great point on sinful unity. Of uh, Tower of the Bible, never thought of it that way, Not, and that was a valid point. But yeah, well, and I think you know. You know
2: I'd... Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, I think i you know somewhere in the middle. Like obviously we have rights, but. You know, I don't. I don't know that there's any right to fight for because honestly, you know, a satanic church in our country has has rights as much as that. Probably, you know, you feel that somewhere deep inside, like, oh, you know. But they 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 do right. I think the more powerful aspect is. Uh, well, I guess it's two things. For one, like because we have the opportunity to vote and to and to defend things in our country as the Lord allows and leads us, we should right because yeah, we want to save people for the life to come but we also want to save people in the life now like righteousness brings yeah. forth peace and health and equity and unrighteousness in any manner just steals that from the people and we're supposed to be salt to the earth right yeah. a, a preserving agent right something that cleanses out what is evil to some degree um and some people are called to that uh, you know more than others yeah. but what I really loved is and you may have seen this right there was the post about it said the devil who's like, hey, I'm going to make the whole world worship me for five minutes on TV. And then it said God, and it just showed pictures of the revivals breaking out all over the world right now. You know, the at Asbury College for two weeks straight, they did nothing but pray and worship and people are flying in from all over the world. It's on Fox News. It's on all the social media outlets and now other other um, college areas, all other groups all around the country and around the world are breaking out in revival. And so as as it gets darker in the world you know we as the light of Christ should just get brighter and brighter and that's when you know the power of the Holy Spirit can really move you know and so I think I think just as the devil is pressing in we need to make sure that we're pressing into Christ and allowing him to do what whatever he wants through us that we're available to to be another voice
1: hey Amen. yeah no what you said kind of touched on to this comment you know, the world is getting continuously darker, but it's always darkest just before dawn. We're nearing that glorious dawn, that glorious Amen. morning, um, when the light of Christ will appear in all his glory. And, and, I mean, and, and yeah, again, I see, it on, I, I see it on both sides. I just feel like it's just kind of ironic, right? Especially what we're going to get into today. Like some of the reasons why people claim that they left Christianity is because Christians do this and Christians do that and all the other kind of stuff. But it's like, it's on another level right now in in our world of, of how people are just treating treating people of, of faith or whatever. But we knew it was gonna come. All right, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, stay on that too much longer. Uh, what we're gonna do? We're gonna go into our. Uh, Devotional. Our devotional is going to be on Hebrews chapter three, um, and it's going to be a good segue into our question of the week. Again, if you're just checking in, we're going to be talking about why are people leaving Christianity, or is are people leaving Christianity? Is Christianity on the decline? That's the kind. Con- that's what we're going to be talking about. But before we get into that, we're going to get into our devotional for the week. Let's check it out. Have you ever been in a situation where your faith was tested and you felt like giving up? It's not easy to hold on to your beliefs and trust in God when things get hard, but that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 through 19, the author warns us not to harden our hearts towards God and to be faithful until the end. So let's dive into this passage and see what it can teach us about persevering in our faith. Hey, 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 hold on, hold on. Gather around, everybody. Listen up. I got a story to tell, 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 tell. Hebrews chapter three, verse 12. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day while it's still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Remember what it says, today when you hear his voice. I'm gonna say that one more time. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. And who was it who rebelled against God, even though they heard his voice? Wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt? And who made God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned, who corpse lay in the wilderness? And to whom was God speaking when he took an oath that they would never enter his rest? Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? So we see that because of their unbelief, say that again, so we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. In these verses, the author of Hebrews warns us to be careful that our hearts do not become evil and unbelieving, turning us away from the living God. We must make sure we warn each other every day so that way we are not deceived by sin and hardened against God. The author reminds us that if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as we did when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. However, we must remember not to harden our hearts like the Israelites did. You see, these people were led out of Egypt by Moses. These people saw God's miracles, and they still decided to sin against him. They still had unbelief. They would not put their belief and faith in him. They heard God's voice, and they still turned away. This caused God to get angry for 40 years, and as a result of their unbelief, they were not able to enter into God's rest. So in the same way, we must be careful not to harden our hearts towards God when we are in the wilderness. Are things get hard? Are we going through trials and tribulations? You know, Um, especially if we have been in a position where we heard God's voice or we've seen him work miracles in our lives we must remember to hold on to our faith and trust in God even when it's difficult because our faith is tested during those difficult times and if we truly believe in Christ we will obey him whether things are going good or bad so let's take a moment today to examine our hearts and make sure that we are not hardening our hearts towards God let us be faithful to the end trusting God is just and trusting God just as firmly as we did when we first believed, so that way we may share in all that belongs in Christ. Amen. Amen. So, yeah, we know, you know, everybody go through tough times. Everybody had trials and tribulations, and I think everyone experienced times where their faith was tested, right? And it can be difficult to hold on to your beliefs during those times. But um, what, what do y'all think are, are some things that can— Harden somebody's heart towards God. You know, there's a lot of verbiage on hardening your heart. What are y'all thoughts on that?
0: Well, you know, I'll jump in there. There's there's actually a lot of things, you know. um, One of our pastors today did a great message on um, liberty in Christ. But he talked about how a lot of times we use our liberty as an opportunity for sin and in the word it talks about not biting and devouring one o- one another and so often that's what's happening that's why people are pulling away from the church that's why people are hurt you know is because uh, someone in the church you know attacked them you know look to hurt them out of their own hurt and when hurting people hurt people um it hardens people's heart towards god because people look at god and say well god i want to believe in you but your followers make it hard for me, you know? And so so often that's one of the main reasons, you know, that people harden their heart towards God. I know there's others and I'll let you guys talk about them, but that one jumps out at me right away is how they are treated, you know, by people who are supposed to show the love of God. And I know we're not perfect, right? We all have bad days, right? You can catch us all on a moment where we're not floating on clouds, right? We're just regular Joes, but uh, at the same time, we've got to know that, man, people are hurting and they're hurting sometimes because of what other believers have done to them. And that breaks my heart. Sometimes it, it just it, it makes me weep and, you know, I try to do my best to uh, restore such a one, to bring them back. You know, the Bible says that if anyone wanders from the truth and someone brings them back, that you save a soul from sin and you co- you cover a, you you save a soul from death and you cover a multitude of sin. And so we we want to have that ministry of repairing and restoring and reconciling those back, but that's one of the reasons anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, what's your what's your thoughts there? One of the yeah. biggest things that hardens somebody's heart
2: yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's why it's so important to, to preach the gospel and to preach the word of Christ, right? Because uh, as we preach the word of God, it illuminates the truth of God as opposed to how God has been presented. Um, I think the other side of it, man, is like in the book of James, it says uh, that when, when, basically when we sin, we can't really blame the devil, right? It says each one is tempted by their own desires, not someone else's desires, right? <laughs> you are enticed by your own desires and drawn away and and so when we hear the word of god and it's contrary to what we want to do man you feel that conviction but you're like no like we, we persist in our own way like that really does harden hearts it builds calluses to the to the lord's voice we begin to despise the word of the lord because it's against our own nature i remember man a friend of mine and uh after many years of being out of high school and you know when i was hanging out with him i mean we were going to parties and drinking and and getting crazy right and suddenly i'm a servant of the lord i'm a pastor and i'm at his house and i'm i'm preaching to him man and i'd given him a book of john he'd started reading through it he had even had like a demonic visitation in the middle of the night after reading the book of john and he was like dude i know there this is real because that has never happened before Wow. and it was like right as he was on the edge of like saying yes he was like well you know if i accept jesus does that mean i have to stop living with my girlfriend and like you know and i was like look bro like f- for sure there's a lot of things we need to straighten out but like right now like the focus is on just who christ is and like what he's done for you and like just surrendering your life to him and like in a general way like yeah there are things that he calls us to but you know i tried to, i tried to to not say no to that question. Cause obviously, yeah, the answer is yes. But, yeah. uh, but also to expand it to like, there's more to this story than you living with your girlfriend. You know what I mean? <laughs> like there's right. more that Christ wants from you, but man, like that's all he could see was like, well, shoot, if I, if I do this, I know that this area of my life is wrong and I don't really want to change it. Yeah. And yeah. that was the last conversation we ever had about that. You know what I mean?
1: Man. I, um, I did this podcast last week or the week before with one of my friends who I served with in the military, and actually it was a few of us that we that I served with on there. It was a panel about six of us, and we were just chatting. And one of the things we were talking about, well, they just had a list of questions, and we were just kind of responded to them. And one of the questions was, um, it, it, I don't even know how these questions tied together, but one of the, the first question was, is the uh, is the black church? So that's how they said, is the black church. No, no, is the church hindering or helping the black community or something to that extent? But then another question we were talking about was, um, is the American dream, is is there really an American dream or is it like whitewashed or is it just only for white people? Something to to that extent, right? And so we got them to this long conversation about how stuff that is going on with us and the reason why black people do certain things and the reason why our community is this is because of slavery. And I was like, if you're still – and here's what made it so weird. We we talked about how uh, how a man and a woman, a husband and wife, a man should love his wife like Christ loved the church. That kind of came into the conversation somehow. And then somehow the question got tied back to, well, if a man is, like, aggressive and beat his wife or whoop his kid or do this kind of stuff – it somehow asked because of slavery. And I was like, if you're beating your wife and you've been a jerk to your wife and you're doing that, that ain't got nothing to do with slavery. That got something to do like you said in James. That's on you. Something is wrong mm-hmm. with you. You can't blame that on slavery and and, and what happened to us in America. And, but we have went through this long I mean this long debate about how how slavery was the cause the reason why people was being the way they were. And I think you hit the nail on the head and you talked about James. It's like you're doing it after your own temptations, your own desires. Something is something is going on in your heart that makes you wanna behave and act that way. And um and so I had to you know I had to kinda explain that to them and I don't think they they were really getting it. But then I had to kind of talk about how one of our issues is that we label the church as the black church or this and that, and we should just be one. Right. It's it's, it's just, right. you know, so anyhow, I just found that very funny how people would make excuses for their sins and try to blame it on certain things. Um, for me, I could tell you one of the biggest ones for me that made it hard to believe for a very long time was the, um, the different denominations and how you mm. can have how you can have a super smart theological um, seminary going pastor review read a scripture and have one view on it and you can have another one just as smart went through certain camps and and he got a completely different view on it and then we're just kind of going at each other and it makes it to where it's like man if Christians treat each other that way then why mm. would I want to be a part, a part of that, you know. Matter of fact, Ruslan had a little, um, a little, it's a little skit on that. I, I'll show it real
3: quick. One of the biggest pushbacks against Christianity is how could there be so many different denominations, camps, and sects that vehemently disagree with each other? Why you need
1: the Holy Ghost, the evidence of speaking in tongues.
2: And if God was going to give that supernatural
0: gift to anyone, he wouldn't give it to people with bad theology.
3: One touch of God's favor, suddenly you'll be well. In America alone, there's over 200 different denominations. Worldwide, there's over 45,000. How can the Bible be true if it can be interpreted in so many different ways? With so many different... Yeah, I just cut
1: there. But yeah, that, like that one really struck with me because that, that is a barrier for a lot of people. And when you're trying to find truth, I know for me, what I end up having to do really was just start reading the word for myself. I had, to, I had to read the word for myself and, and and what I had to do what I had to look at was just like if I'm me being in the Air Force right if I go out and do something that's contrary to Air Force doctrine beliefs core values then th- that's me doing something that's not the Air Force doing it and I had to separate people who say they were Christians who versus what Christ Christ's actual teachings. And in that conversation that I had with the people on that podcast, the majority of the conversation was about how Pastor T.D. Jakes did this and he got a nice house and a nice car and and Reverend Jack Al Sharpton. Like, these, folk, they were naming people who really don't even – like Al Sharpton, I don't even think I ever heard a Christian sermon from, from him or whatever. But they were, but it was all about this person did that and that person did this. And and my question was, well, but what is truth? Like, what if what what if um, just because somebody's doing something, that doesn't mean that that's what Jesus or God endorsed, right? That's not what God endorses. And but what if people actually live out the way? That the Bible teaches us to. What if people yep. actually did what the teachings of Christ? Would you have a problem with that? What you got a problem with is people doing something wrong. And um, I'm gonna show one more clip because it was powerful. And I just I, I I came up for whatever reason it popped up on my um it popped up on my screen. A matter of fact, I thought I had it. I thought I had it say, let me see if I can find it. But it popped it popped up on my um feed and I remember when this happened. This, because this is it's an older thing. I remember when it happened, and people were even going at them on this, saying Christians are soft and Christians are weak, and they 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 made it they made it a race thing. Like my man here said, it's, it's not a skin thing, it's a sin thing. But they made it a race thing, like black people are so quick to forgive and all this kind of stuff. But if what if everybody operated with love, like Anthony said, and operate with the Bible, like this young man did? Check it out.
5: I'm not gonna say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did but i see i i personally want the best for you and I, I wasn't gonna ever say this in front of my family or anyone but i don't even want you to go to jail i want the yeah
1: i'm gonna I'm a pause it real quick just to give everybody the context so this is that trial where this uh female officer killed a, a black man i believe he was in his home when she killed him but then the brother goes on in court he's in court here and he and he basically forgives her and hopes that that she comes to know Christ, but but people, are, I'm reminded. Our pastor was talking about it today at church about how they'll know us by the way we love. You know, when I see this, when I see this, I see somebody who loves God, loves Christ, and has a heart for somebody else to to uh to want to kind of know him. Best
5: for you, because I know that's what that's exactly what both of them would want you to do. And the best would be give your life to Christ. I'm not going to say anything else. I think giving your life to Christ would be the best thing that both of them would want you to do. Again, I love you as a person. And I don't wish anything bad on you. I don't know if this is possible, but can, can I give her a hug, please?
1: This man to go hug the woman who killed his brother. Yes. Is that not the most Christ-like thing? Like, Christ on the cross, forgive them, Father. Then, you know, and this brother, you know, his brother was literally murdered by this woman and he just want her to be forgiven and want her to come to know Christ. And a lot of people in the world, they just couldn't even rock with that. But that's, that's what's going to bring people to Christ. That kind of stuff. I bet you that lady, when she made it to her prison cell, like that just stuck with her, you know, to the point where she, she had no choice but to look into the Bible. What's, what's y'all thoughts?
0: Yeah. I, um, yeah, I had a guy bring this clip to me. And he said, "Man, this is this is a moral dilemma for me. I, mm. I'm 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 struggling with this." And I said, "You know, I understand because this right here is exactly what the Bible says. You know, I remember when uh, me and you, we we uh, did that uh, stream on Luke chapter six. You know, love your enemies, <laughs> do good to those uh, who treat you bad. You know, if someone takes your coat." Give them your shirt, you know, all these things. And you're like, man, do you if if someone strikes you on the cheek, turn the other that right there is a real life picture of it. And it brings up to me another area where uh, people's hearts are hardened. Suffering, tragedy will harden a person's heart, you know, towards God, because the belief is that if God exists, then no bad things should happen. If God is all powerful, then why is he letting horrible things happen? And those two things don't go together, actually. You know, God wants to comfort you in the midst of these bad things because he's given man the ability to choose. You know, but most people are stuck on why would God let something like this happen? And then you look at a man who embraces that and says, well, I'm going to forgive like God says to forgive because Things like this are going to happen, you know? And so it's a a paradox. It's a struggle when you actually have to love your neighbor, when you actually have to do what the word of God says. I'm telling you, I've watched people struggle. I had a young man. He told his testimony in our men's group. And he said, I think he came to me like for a couple of weeks. And I remember every time he sat down, he would say, Pastor, I just can't. I just can't. I just can't, you know, and I said, you know, I understand, and we're going to pray that the Lord would give you that Christ like forgiveness so that you can. Well, at this point, He has, you know, He has, and He says, yeah, I can genuinely say I forgive. I don't want to see the person, (laughs) but I do (laughs) forgive. I don't want to, you know, do any harm to them. I don't want, I, I just, you know, but. Th- th- that's hard. It is so hard when people face tragedy and loss. They look at God like, Where are you? Why are you letting this happen? Instead of understanding that we live in a fallen world and God actually wants to comfort us, you know, in the midst of that loss, heal us from the traumas and the hurts of this life. He's not always going to keep us from it. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they still had to go into the fire. <laughs> But they found out that the Lord would be with them in the fire. Most people say, don't let me go into the fire, Lord. I don't want to go in there. (laughs) Don't just be with me in there. Don't let me go in there. Don't let
1: me go at all. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, you bring up a good point. That's actually what uh, uh, Stephen was talking about. He said, it's sad, but I've seen folks leave church because of suffering or tragic events in life. I heard on multiple occasions that suffering is a sign that God does not Exist. how would you respond to that darren suffering is a sign that god does not exist
2: well man actually the bible says that christ was perfected in his obedience through the things he suffered right mm-hmm. that in the old testament it projected that the savior who would come would be a suffering savior and you know the the fact that there is suffering in this world like no one n- none of us have suffered the way christ suffered not only in the flesh physically being beaten and torn and and hung on a cross murdered for righteousness but then taking the full judgment of all the sin of all mankind for all eternity upon himself in that moment of being uh you know publicly humiliated and there was no fancy little loincloth right like we have on our on our little crucifixes man he was up there bare before the world
1: (laughs) yeah and
2: uh just just to think that God from eternity make himself a man and then also go through that like we don't understand the level of suffering and humility that that he experienced right
1: yeah no i i know for me i would say um you know trying to come to a level of a you know not a biblical level because somebody not believing in gods kind of want to give it to them in a way like they can kind of understand it me I would say you know the fact that there's suffering and trials and tribulations and all that kind of stuff to me shows there is a god because if there's not a god, right? If let's just say for argument say there is no god, then who determines what's good, what's bad? You know, who determines what um who 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 determines the standard? So if you think about like the animal kingdom, right? You think about lions and whatever. A lion going to go out it's going to kill eat not gonna think nothing of it. Why is it that humans think think twice before killing somebody? What is it in us that you know, and if we do go out and kill somebody, what makes that wrong if there's no God? And so the fact that you something in you know that this is wrong, this is bad, to me, I think that provides more evidence that there is a God, there is a standard out there, right? Because if it wasn't, then there wouldn't even be no standard, it'll just be, it'll just be how it is. Now, this is interesting. I, this must be from one of y'all channels this super chat
0: yeah, i don't think i my, that's actually what? on my 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 channel shout out to my man dayon appreciate you brother appreciate yeah yeah you.
1: appreciate you Dayon. now because i don't think i' am monetized enough i don't have enough followers to get a super chat so that's out that's pretty awesome though we definitely appreciate you rocking with us and doing that people will use anything as a shield or weapon amen they will they definitely will. So, so anyhow, I just kind of want to uh, kind of bring that up. But let's let's not let's hop into the question of the week. Let's not belittle. Let's not. Bel- I don't even know the word. Make it longer than what it has to be. We're gonna just keep this story right. belabor. Chic. Belabor. <laughs> that's the word I was looking for. That's, see, that's what happens <laughs> right. when you go live, right? You get you got you got to think on your head, real <laughs> think on your toes, real quick. So anyway, yeah, let's get to our question of the week. Why are Christians leaving the faith? Let's hop into
4: listen to how he talks i'm gonna read the bible front to back i'm deciding to devote my life to jesus i stopped cursing for some years and everything like you don't understand i was on fire listen to that he said he stopped cursing for some years he was on fire this is how a lot of um you know unsaved people speak why i stopped believing the, yeah, the awesome so I want guy. to show Let's see what this uh, dude's saying. Brandon. So he's re- going
1: to actually get a super chat that he's going to respond to. And I want to kick off this segment by reacting to the way he responded to this. So it's going to come up in a second. Uh, um, you all in the comments, pay close attention. I want to hear your thoughts. Anthony and Darren, just, I want to hear your thoughts on how he responds to this super chat that's going to come up.
4: God, it would seem as if a lot of you recognize him. And I think I've seen one video by him before, actually. He, his face does look familiar. Because I really just want to get into the questions that I had and I'm gonna ask you guys these same questions and I want you guys to think about these questions all right Philip Johnson jr with the fiver hey Don, my dad taught me free grace with my mom but they divorced and he hasn't been Christian for about 10 years thoughts so he doesn't believe in the gospel anymore is what you're saying he doesn't he doesn't believe it or is he not live in the Christian life. See, there's a difference. What it means to truly be Christian is to be sealed with the Holy Spirit. Uh, That is not a choice. Once you believe and are saved, you cannot remove the Holy Spirit. Um, The Apostle Paul tells us that there's nothing that you can do in death or life that can separate you from the Father once you have been made one. If he truly believed in the sacrifice, the death, burial, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ as the sole payment for his sins if he ever trusted in that then he is still a christian what i would be curious to know is did does he now think it is untrue does he believe that jesus did not really die for his sins does he believe that jesus was not the sufficient payment for his sins that is what it would be to now to be unbelieving of the gospel furthermore um you know living a christian life that is a choice that is a choice that is separate from uh trusting in jesus right that's a difference between service and salvation. They're completely different. Not everyone who is saved goes forth and then lives a life of service. And not everyone who lives a life of service does that consistently. There can be entire seasons where people step away from service for, you know, a number of reasons. And so that is what I would be curious to ask your father or to ask you on his behalf.
1: Okay, so, yeah, so that's I want that's that's the piece I want to touch on. So we're we're talking about uh, people leaving the faith. Obviously, you know the question's gonna come up: Can a Christian lose his salvation? And a lot of people will say, "Hey, I was a Christian, I was on fire for God, and I and I left." And so, Young Dunn, um like your um, uh, NPR Evolution, said that's Young Dunn, I follow him. Uh, I watch this. I watch a lot of his content too. Matter of fact, if you all been following his content, you would know him, the Christian Smart Channel or whatever. They, and then Alan Party kind of had mm-hmm. this whole debate of of um, work salvation versus just salvation by grace alone. Uh, and which kind of got me on the line of thinking about are Christians and disciples of Christ the same thing, right? Um, and so so that we can go down a whole, do a whole different show on that. But that's kind of what was going on with them. But here he's talking about how there's a difference in being a Christian and then actually having service, right? So you may go through times of your in your walk with Christ where you don't do any service, where or you may go through times where you're on fire and doing a bunch of service. But if you actually believe in Christ, then you are sealed with the Holy Spirit, and that doesn't go away. What are y'all thoughts on that, Darren? We'll let you go first.
2: <laughs> All right, man. That's actually probably my favorite subject of the entire scriptures man and i think i think personally he he nailed it bro he hit the nail on the head you know mm-hmm. romans four four and five says for the one who works his works are not considered as a grace but as a debt owed but to the one who does not work but trust on the one who justifies the ungodly his faith is accounted to him as righteousness and as you already alluded to, man, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 says that after you heard and believed that you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of the purchased possession, you know, or, or of the inheritance until the day of the purchased possession. And uh, there it says that so many times, 2 Corinthians 1, 21 and 22, and Second Corinthians 5 5 also say the exact same thing that the holy spirit is a seal given to you and in the new king james version all three of those verses use the same word it's the word guarantee that he is the guarantee of your salvation and what jesus teaches us in matthew 13 the parables of the uh of of the sower right there are four fields only one of the fields has the word snatched away the three other fields all hear the word and it even says that they receive the word Okay, but it's only the good soil that hears the word, understands it and bears fruit, you know, and and what's interesting about that, the second soil is the stony ground. And it says that when the seed, the gospel is poured out on on a stony ground heart, that it receives the word of God with joy and it springs up quickly. But then when it's tested, according to the word, it fades away. And this is an exact quote because it has no root. And so what is the, what is the real issue when people are falling away from the faith? It's not that they're losing their salvation. It's not, it's that they were never authentically rooted in faith to begin with. The Bible never once ever says that someone can lose their salvation. It does. However, over and over and over, like the entire book of Jude is devoted to this. say say that there will be false brethren, false prophets, false teachers, and in Jude, it talks about these people who are in the church. They're at your love feast. They're there with you in the assembly, but their eyes are full of adultery. They, they despise authority, all these things. And at the end of Jude, it says they have not the spirit. I think that's verse 19 um, in Jude, having, having not the spirit. Um, and so, yeah, man, he, he nailed it. It, it. People who are walking away are walking away as far as people who are walking away for good let me say that right people do backslide and things but it's because right. the holy spirit was never there
1: amen okay real quick anthony before we had you go i want to bring up the uh comment from uh epic ministries um is that you typing that in anthony or your wife
0: no no that's no that's 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 epic um her name is marie
1: oh okay okay uh, ministries,
0: never... Epic, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm.
1: now I, I confused that with yours. Never mind. All right, so it's yeah. Hebrews 6.4 is, is what you brought up. Let's let's go there. It says, For it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the power of the age to come. And who then turn away from God? It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance. By rejecting the Son of God, they themselves are nailing him to the cross, once again holding him up to public shame. Okay, so the question is then, did these people have the Holy Spirit here in Hebrews 6? Anthony, you want to you want to share your thoughts on that one?
0: Yeah, I, I think the, the issue with this text is that it's, it's not saying that this happened it's saying that if if this if this actually could happen there would be no way because you can't uh, as uh, as Darren said you can't just snatch the Holy Spirit out you can't just make them un I don't even know how to say it not have that experience because the the Holy Spirit and 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 rightfully so is a guarantee. You you know, it's the guarantee. And so what it is, is that for there's there's a difference between faith and belief, you know, faith and belief are two different things. They're actually two different words when you look them up. Those that use a Strong's concordance, if you were to look up these two different words, belief is Pisteo. Pisteo is 4100 in the Strong's and Pisteo is you putting your faith in something or convincing yourself of something. And there's a point where if you are truly convinced that God grants you faith and faith, it comes from God. It never comes from man. It's the Greek word pistis, which is 4102. And there's a point where God has to impart. And once he imparts this, once this is given to you, the Holy Spirit it also brings about faith, right? It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's also a gift of the Spirit. And so if you truly have saving faith, that means that you have passed from death to life. But you can believe, the Bible says that even the demons believe and tremble. And so if it does that, that belief doesn't break the threshold of becoming saving faith, then there's a lot of people that believe but never believe to the point of salvation because you can believe that, that, that Jesus lived and that Jesus was a person, but did you put your trust in him for salvation? And somebody asked me about repentance and I want to die. I want to define repentance in a simple way. Repentance is turning to God and accepting salvation. Now, what do I mean by that? You, in order to turn to God and accept salvation, you have to first know that you were a sinner because you wouldn't need salvation if you weren't a sinner. Number two, turning to God to accept salvation is believing on who Jesus is revealed to be, that he is the Messiah, that he lived, he died and he rose again. Thirdly, it's following him, devoting yourself to him and living for him. That's what repentance looks like. And so if a person really believes then they're going to devote themselves to the Lord and they're going to follow after him. They're not going to just, well, I believe. I read some books. I, I, I went to some conferences. I attended church. I, I played in the band. There's a lot of people, and I just told my wife this the other day. There's a lot of people in church that aren't saved, but they go to church. And there's a difference. <laughs> there's a difference between being saved and going to church. Just because you're in the church doesn't mean you're saved. You're, there, there is faith without works is dead. You will see that they are saved, and the Bible says the ones that endure to the end shall be saved. And as Darren said, there's going to be people that backslide, but if they're truly saved, <laughs> they will be. At the end of the day, they will be. I, I just believe it because I don't, I don't believe if you want to be saved that God will just throw you away, that He'll just toss you to the side. Right there, are, the people who end up uh, separated from God they're they're, they're going to be the people who did not want to fully uh, give their life to him to serve him. They're going to be the people that said, yeah, but, and that, but is going to keep them, you know, from eternity, but the people who want to be saved, God's not going to reject you. He is not going to cast you out. He is not going to throw you away. He's not going to keep you out of his presence or out of the gates of heaven.
1: Yeah, no, that's all, all good points, man. And honestly, the, uh, the Hebrew six, um was a good segue to kind of what i want to say and so to me I, I i firmly don't believe that people can lose their salvation like to me if, if somebody can lose their salvation it's like saying that the holy spirit lost and the holy you know and greater he that is in me than he that's in the world so i just don't believe i just don't believe it and and when people try to get you to try to believe it i think it's an attack on your faith right I, I really do matter of fact real quick what's going on davion thanks for checking in um, so anyhow, so to me, I think, and it's just, you know, my, the way I kind of, I look at this, but I think this is made like, Anthony, you made a good point. I never thought about if this could happen, you know, when you read really, it, you're always thinking about, Hey, this has happened for somebody. Right. Um, but I never thought about it that way, but also, but the way I look at it is like some people may believe in Christ intellectually, or maybe even have some kind of emotional whatever, um, but not really believed in him and accepted him. And 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 the biblical passages I I refer to that I go to to think about this is John 6, right? So in John 6, you know, we had all these disciples who was following following Christ, but then when he gave a hard teaching, they turned away. And when and um and so this kind of this is where I kind of went down that path of disciple versus Christian. Like are they synonymous? Are they the same thing? There's cuz there's even people like People who are gonna do things in Jesus' name, miracles, all that. He's gonna say, get away from me, I never knew you. And so John 6 is a good example of people who was knew about Christ intellectually, followed Christ, but weren't really all the way there. Even Judas, Judas is another great example of this. He was a disciple. He was he he was a student of Christ, right? But but he never believed in him, never accepted him as his savior. And I would even argue all the way up until Jesus resurrected and came back, that his other disciples wasn't really believing either. Because when he died, before he resurrected, they kind of went away. But I want to, I mean, before he resurrected, they went back to what they was doing. They felt like they was wrong or whatever. And when he came back, you know, they end up repenting, following him. They endure to the end. Judas, on the other hand, decided to kill himself. He didn't endure to the end. But anyhow, I want to show this real quick because... Uh, I don't want people to just take my word for it, but I'm going to start at John 6, verse 64. It says, but some of you do not believe me. Again, the context here is disciples that was following him, and then they turned away. They turned away. And Jesus says, you do not believe in me. Right there in 64. So even though they was, they saw his miracles, they went with kind of like the Israelites, right, who never made it into the promised land or they made it into God rest. They simply, they simply did not accept. They didn't have faith in God. Says, um, but some of you do not believe in me, for Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe, and he knew who would betray him. Talking about Judas. Then he said, this is why I said that people can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. And so that's another point. If the Father gives somebody to Christ, do you think he's, he's going to give somebody who he knows is going to go away? Right? Anyway, at this point, many of his disciples, right, What they do, turned away and deserted him. But we saw in 64, they never believed in him, right? So many of the disciples turned away um, and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom will we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. Now, I will say this for those who are turning away. Where are you going to go? I like I, when, when we when we had that whole conversation with that podcast I was on. One of the things I never got around to asking them because we just went so many different places. But I really want to know what do you all think happens after death? See, that's the thing you can you can say, well, I left Christianity because of that person, or I left Christianity because of this person, or I left blah blah blah. But we all know that one day we're gonna die. What do you think now that you left Christ and you have this new world view? What happens after death? And see, if me, since I know that it's a guarantee that everybody's going to die one day, I would kind of want to know, I would search for that truth, if anything else, what happens after we die. And to me, man, you know, I want to stand boldly before God, you know, once I'm on the other side of eternity. But 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 that, those are my few points. So, so again, y'all, in the comments, let us know if y'all got hurt, any other things, or any other reasons why people um, – Maybe have hardened their hearts or turned away from, walked away from Christ. Um, and see, Restoring Broken Women says, extremely knowledgeable show. You guys are truly explaining and interpreting the word of God. To God be the glory. Absolutely awesome. Praise God. Carrie Lee says, excellent Amen. teacher, Anthony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, we're just, trying to, we're just trying to help people dive into the word, read the word for themselves. Like I said, like I said on any time I end the show, Whatever I say on here, go back and read it for yourself. Make sure it's accurate, right? right. right? Yeah. You like the Bereans. But um, but yeah, yeah. so what I want to do, y'all, is uh, transition over into some of the comments uh on the thread that I got this question from. So the question was basically why Christian why are people leaving Christianity? And I want to kind of react to some of those right. comments. But before we uh before we even react before we even react to those comments, let me get let me get y'all thoughts. You know, is Christianity declining? Do you believe that people are are okay? Well, let's go there. Is Christianity declining? Do you think Christianity is on a decline? Uh, what do you think, Anthony?
0: Well, I, I think in the U.S. Um, there 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 is a, um, I guess you would call it a decline, because we're we're living in a time where more people are biblically illiterate than ever before. People just they, they don't they don't know what the Bible actually says. It, they, they don't know um, what Scripture says. You hear a lot of people quoting things that the Bible says, and it's not actually in the Bible. And you hear people saying things about God that's not actually um, uh, in in agreement with Scripture. And so we live in a time in America where there's a lot of people going to church, as I said earlier, but that doesn't mean they're actually following Christ. They're actually, you know, as you said, Christians. They may be students, you know, uh, but they're not Christians. And so I, I think I would have to say in, in in the West here in America, there is a decline. There's a lot of people who have checked the box of non-religious, right? That they're they're not Christian, they're not, and they're just kind of, you know, uh, on their own journey, You know, you hear a lot about what is the term uh, uh, deconstruction, right? Mm. A lot of people are deconstructing right now. And here's the thing. And you guys are probably like this. I know I'm like this. uh, When you say deconstruction, it means that you're rethinking and restudying and relooking at things that you believe. Well, I've been doing that the whole time I've been walking with the Lord. I'm always going back and looking at the Christianese terms that I was using and saying, wait a minute, <laughs> why am I saying that? That's not actually in the Bible. But uh, but I'm, I'm regurgitating some of these things, and th- th- it doesn't drive me away from the faith. It actually strengthens my faith because I know I'm more in line with Scripture than I was at the beginning of my journey because I was just picking up Christian cliches, right, yeah. and just saying them. A lot of people, they never get past that breaking point. They They pick up the cliche. They live by the cliche. When the cliche fails them, they walk away. <laughs> they, they no longer are Christians when that thing begins to fail. And so, I, and this is just, I, I, I haven't looked at any statistics. I haven't looked at just, just from, you know, the, the, the eye, <laughs> you know, just the visual that there are a lot of people walking away. And one of the reasons is, and you asked this earlier and I wanted to answer it, is because the Bible said they would. Mm. The Bible actually said that there would be a great falling away. And that there would be a time where people would rather believe a lie than the truth, and that they would they 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 would walk away. And so I, I I do think that that is happening. You know what? With the
1: Bible saying that, a lot of people will turn around and blame it on God. Well, God knew it was going to happen. Why would He let it happen? But to me, that actually strengthens my faith. Anytime the Bible says something will happen, and I'm seeing it happening, it just makes me believe even more. All right, Dan, what's your thought? What's your thoughts? Is Christianity on the decline?
2: man i think i think it definitely was for for a while and i think the problem that we have is when we talk, think about christianity or when people say you know the church is is failing or falling we're talking about the organized religion um that christianity has existed in in the past right the big mainline denominations of the big baptist presbyterian catholic churches and yeah, the, the way that church existed in the 80s and 90s, and it and, and has been falling away. And in some ways, it's been reinvented. And those churches are doing very well. And a lot of other ways, it has just collapsed, especially when you look at Europe. I mean, the Christian church, like organizationally in Europe, is, is just dead, man, like totally dying. But in the midst of that, this authentic faith, and hunger for jesus has occurred in what i would if you want to use church as far as the true church um, which are those who just authentically have saving faith in jesus right like maybe maybe there was a dip in what we could see and perceive as the church kind of falling off but i think christianity as a whole is is on a resurgent you know i mean and again the picture that you just showed—that was this week. That was this week at a church in San Antonio. Um, you know, all of these people in churches praying for Generation Z, right? Gen Z, that these pe- that these children, these young adults, would be filled with the Spirit. We see the revivals that are breaking out. Yeah, right there. Right, that, that that is them praying for Gen Z that the Lord would move partially in response to them. Like many of us, acknowledging He's already moving the Asbury revival, which is now. Yeah. Like whatever happening at Asbury, I kind of consider dead. there is still something happening there, but the real revival is that it didn't stay there it's now happening on college campuses all around the country, all around the world and man, when I was in Uganda in December, I was there for two weeks, bro, and the first conference we did was at this in this village called Kazo in Uganda, and freaking eight hundred people bro, eight hundred people showed up to a stick built church with no actual walls no windows no foundation we had an overflow section outside in tents. people were sleeping on the dirt bro to hear the word of the lord and we baptized 135 new believers at that first conference and then when we did the second conference right like people are hungry for jesus home churches are multiplying right parachurch ministries are being very successful um, I think the Christian church right now is growing and around the world in the Middle East for the, for the last decade. yeah, There have been thousands upon thousands and thousands of, of Muslims and Hindus coming to Christ, saving knowledge of Christ through dreams and visions. So, no, I don't think Christianity is declining at all. In fact, I think we're about to see some amazing things in this next, uh, this next decade, man, of God just moving in power against all the wickedness in the world.
1: Amen, amen. Real quick, uh, NPR yeah. Evolution says, do y'all invite guests to the show? Darren is a guest. So, yes, we yeah. do We do yes. have guests on the show. Um, you know, just get up with us, let us know. Um, my email is um B-L-E-S-S-E-D-T-I-M-O-N-Y at gmail.com. If you want to be a guest on the show, reach out. Uh, also, uh, I think you're pairing in from Anthony's channel, so you can yeah. reach out to Anthony. Just reach and can, out to me. Uh, we I' yeah. um, definitely we'd love to have guests on the show uh, I honestly once I get good enough with producing the show by myself I, I would even add like a scene now and just have people pop in you know uh because we love to just fellowship with uh people but yes you know Rico, so,
0: go ahead you know, I, Rico can I say something real quick I, you know yep. Darren, Darren I think you 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 make a great point you know of the authentic Christianity that 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 authentic you know that we don't need any props we don't need smoke machines we don't need we, we we just need people to open up the word or to begin to pray you know uh, we saw that and i think uh willie g Berry is on here um we've been going out into our community and people are responding we people are responding to us going out in the community and just sharing the love of christ and and and, and you know I think you're going out expecting pushback, right? Because that's what you hear, right? You hear that there's going to be this pushback, that people are going to, you know, tell you all, oh, we don't want to hear that stuff. But when we went out, you know, we were actually overwhelmed with all the people who came just to have prayer, just to, you know, they're pulling over in the middle of the street, cars are honking behind them. And and so I, I, I understand what you're, you're saying. I, I agree with that. Um, I think there, there's an under, uh, there's an underground surge for an authentic, real experience with God through Jesus Christ. And, and, and I, I, I just, I, I agree with that. I think in the structural, I think sometimes the structure has to be torn down, right. In order for the real thing to spring up. And so I, I, I like what you, I like what you said. And, and I really, I really do agree with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's good points. Um. Uh, again, um, we can talk about the different denominations, this big church versus little church, but you're right, though. I think people do have a hunger for the Word, want to know the Word, and to be honest, I think I want to start doing on my YouTube channel more verse-by-verse teaching. Just simple, just get the Bible open and just, just read through it, to respond to it, and, and you know just have people f- uh, fellowship that way. But no, definitely all good points. I would say w- the point that I agree with with uh, Darren, is that, you know, it may look like Christianity is on a decline in America. You know, a lot of people kind of turn away and that kind of stuff. But like you said, during the Asbury uh, revival and what sparked after that kind of shows that there's still a hunger for the word here in America. But also, too, uh, uh, after you said you didn't pull up the numbers or whatever, but I actually did do some research. Um, and I went to this website called uh, christiangeist.com. As a matter of fact, let me see if I can... Pull it I can pull it up real quick. Yeah, I came here and it was just talking about places where countries where Christianity is growing and it breaks things down or whatever and they just kinda talk about it. Um, and so I'll just kind of summarize. You know, as you see right there, Christianity is the world largest religion. So off top, we're still the largest, the largest religion. You know, that's one thing. But then they're like they they're booming. Christianity is booming in Africa, right? Uh, and not only that, Christianity is expected to grow uh, grow by an additional seventy three million by twenty twenty five. Africa has a, a fast paced growing area for Christianity. Um, Let's see what else. Uh, one country in particular is Ghana that it has here. Ghana is uh, seeing a lot of growth. Um, Christianity was first introduced to Ghana um, by European traders. And you know, an, and now today is one of the fastest growing um, um, in a more diverse area, denomination. Um, Niger is another one that's growing. Madagascar another country in Africa that's growing. Um at one point, talk about Mexico. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, it says here in Mexico, the fastest growing religion in Mexico is Islam, but the fastest growing church is a Pentecostal church. Is this Pentecostal? Uh, where is it at? Where I see that is. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Christi, Christiana Nueva Jerusalem. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's the right? fastest growing church in Mexico. The Philippines is the third largest uh, growing Christian. Um, Christian country in the world. And so we see here just from this article that Christianity is growing. And and and, and honestly, us in America, we may want to just read our Bible history and what happened with the Israelites when they turned away from God. And we're, we, you know, we may, we're, we're starting to um, turn away from God a lot, starting to mock God a lot, starting to mock Christians and that kind of stuff. And people who once served uh, or, once, or once, 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 uh. Follow Christ, they're starting to turn away. But the reality of it is, is that, you know, very smart people, very pe- people who grew up living in areas where they're dying for their faith, people who growing up in areas where Christianity wasn't the top religion, they're starting to convert to Christianity. They're starting to come to uh, Christ. And so you got to ask yourself why, like what what's, what's going on there? And we got to remember that America is not the whole world. Like, we, we, seem to, we seem to try to think, like, what's going on in America is a reflection of what's going on everywhere else. But it's quite the opposite. You know, like, our dollar value is starting to become not worth it. And then people start looking to Bitcoin and digital coin and all that kind of stuff. And um, one thing I was thinking about, and you know, because I'm a military guy, and, you know, I do military studies and that kind of stuff. But a well, topic that I like to look into is, like, how long did countries last on top? And if you think about it, you know, we, we have about a good couple hundred years we've been on top. Who knows what the future holds for us? So we really should be repentant and turning back to Christ, which is why I kind of lean on the side of Christians should be stepping up, speaking for rights we should have, sharing the gospel on a, you know, publicly and and, and a little bit more boldly than what we're doing or whatever. Because at the end of the day, uh, God will hold our leadership accountable if they're turning away from us they, that's just, it, it's just a reality. And so um, all, all I can say is, listen, don't, don't harden your hearts against God, you know. Uh, don't let what people do turn you away from Christ. Um, just seek truth for yourself. Just seek truth for yourself and, and ask yourself, what is it about these people who don't have anything in some of these countries, but they are turned to Christ? Or what? why is it that people in like China, for example, who will literally die, People and especially in the Middle East, like the Irans and the Iraqs, they will literally die if they if they found out they're serving Christ. And they're doing it in underground churches and that they're serving them. So it's it's Christianity, like Darren said, Christianity is actually on a rise. Something, something big is probably coming. Matter of fact, Christ is probably about to get ready to come. Amen. And so Amen. that just that's Amen. just what it is. <laughs> And so, so what, what I want to do is I want to comment because we've been going for a minute, so I definitely want to get to some of the reasons that people in the thread said, and I want to kind of get y'all thoughts on. Them. We may not have time to go through them all, but we'll hit some of them. But before we do that, let's uh, let's see let's see what um, let's see what people in the comments have said. I saved a couple couple of one. Um, G Barry says, I know there are a lot of people who have left Christianity because of the trauma and betrayal they experienced from people from the church. I think we kind of touched on that one again. Are you going to let a person take you away from the creator? Like if God is God and, and and the Bible is true and Jesus is who we say he is, why would you let what a person do turn you away from it? And in fact, and in fact, the Bible tells us to love our enemies, love our neighbors, and so that may be an opportunity when people, when you have an experience in church hurt, if you will, that may be an opportunity for you to exercise the love that Christ commands from us. Um, all right, let's see what the next one says. You know, what's uh, interesting about that,
2: though, man, is mo- most of the issue, though, is on us as churches and church le- leaders. Um, and for people getting saved, I just want to tell you a short story before we get past that. I- I've okay. met a guy Actually, I was doing like a Twitter podcast, whatever those things are called, spaces, there you go, Twitter space, on some theology with another guy, another pastor from Florida. And uh, somebody hit me up after that Twitter uh, conversation, and I ended up getting on a Zoom call with him. He's like, man, I I live here, you know, I've been saved for a couple of years, and I have just no community community. I have, you know, nothing going on in my life and I'm just like hungry for relationship. And what he told me was he got saved and he was in this church and the church was super hype, right? Super hype church. Everybody wants to be there, but he got saved and suddenly his depression, his anxiety, his suicidal thoughts, all those things went away and he started reading his Bible. But as he started trying to build authentic relationships with people, he literally could not could not find anything in return in this, in this church, a large church. And he started reaching out to leaders and could never get a hold of any leaders. And he finally talked to somebody, a friend of his about what was going on and said, Hey, you know, do you have any advice? He's like, Hey man, just, you just got to keep chasing them, keep chasing them. And he was like, really? Like, I just have to keep chasing down these leaders who are, who obviously want nothing to do with me. Like where, where is this Christianity that the Bible says is true? Cause I'm not seeing it. And so to make a long story short, his anxiety and things started coming back. He said he started going to counseling, seeing a counselor. And the thing that broke my heart, man, is he said he finally just, just stopped paying, going to counseling. Cause he said he got tired of paying someone to love him. And I was wow. like, wow, bro, that's, that's a heavy statement. And so when they, when you see what's in the word of God, the way we're supposed to be united in love and be active in the world and you believe in this. But then nothing about your experience with other believers in church shows that uh, people start to question like, well, then what is what is even true here? You know, so it's just anyways, that was just a really powerful testimony to me that I wanted to share.
1: No, no, that's that's good. And I'm glad you shared it because I actually experienced that myself when I was living in Georgia. I had a tight community when I moved to L.A. at first. I did. not And I went through some of those same feelings, anxiety, depression, loneliness or whatever. And what's crazy is I got wife and kids. so I'm not lonely, but it was I was missing that that um christian fellowship but what's crazy um i actually want to do a show on um i, I want to do a show on this uh when is it time to leave a church right when mm. when when should you leave the leave a church not the church leave a church and go to another one and i think a lot of times a lot of pastors a lot of leaders will Kind of make you feel bad, feel like you chop church hopping or you're, you know, got itchy ears or whatever you go. But the reality of it is this: there's tons of churches, and that's what people gotta understand. Leaders gotta understand when you when you don't have a service mentality, when you' too big to be there for your people and your flock, then you can't be mad if that person uproots and go somewhere where they're gonna get what they're what they need. And in my mind, if we're all the church and we're following Christ and we're one body, it really shouldn't be an issue. If I Came to this church one day, and I decided next Sunday I may want to fellowship with these Christians at another church, and and I and I get that you want to support the church you go to, and they have needs, and, and I I hear all that, but the reality of it is is that. It gets back to where if we in a community, like where I live, Universal City, if all the churches in Universal City was connected and united, then maybe that brother could have reached out to one of the other pastors from one of the other churches who was more available. Or they could have went to a small group in some of the other places. But the reality of it is, is that if, if, if you're not getting what you need from a church, there's other churches out there. You know, there's there there, there there's, there's more than one place that you can go. But my point is, because I definitely don't want to belittle that experience. But my thing is, is Christ who He say He is. So if that's if 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 Christ is who He say He is, and that's true, regardless of what anybody else do and how they treat me, I don't want to leave that because I have nowhere else to go, right? And so I want to I want to believe that what Christ in this situation I'm in. I'm here for a reason. There's something I need to know and grow in this area, and I'm trusting that God is going to work it out, right? But if I know that what God is saying is true in my heart, I had an actual encounter with him, then no other person and how they treat me is going to take it away, even if that means I got a fellowship online with with my brothers here, or if that means me, my wife, and my kids will become the church and we do church together or whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, if truth is truth, don't let nobody take you away from truth. That's that's all I'm saying. Hmm. Um, all right, so let's see. This is a good one. This is an actually really good one, uh, Anthony. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this one. It says so many Christians leave because their loved ones died and was not healed, prayers not answered.
0: Yeah, that's a. I mean, that's a real thing, man. Um, you know, I'm I'm actually working on right now. Trying to um, find Christian grief counselors, you know, people who, who who know the word and specialize in grief counseling, because at the end of the day, especially with COVID, man, we've seen more death in probably the last three years than I've ever seen, you know, at one particular time, and so there are a lot of people. And here is the thing: part of it is because of what Christians are saying to them. Okay, now this I don't want to offend anybody, but this, you know, needs to be said when people have a loved one pass away and somebody comes to them and says, you know, well, God, you know, took them so that these folks will be saved at the funeral, you know, or, you know, you got to, you know, God works in mysterious ways or, you know, all these kind of weird cliches. That people throw at them. Well, you know, um, you you gotta you gotta look for the silver lining. <laughs> like, like, why are people saying this to people? Why aren't they just comforting them? Why aren't they just being there for them? Why aren't they just praying for their strength and their healing? Uh, you know, why are we telling people? And and I, and I know it's because we don't like seeing people grieving, so we want to say something that will stop the tears that will make them feel better, but but we're doing more damage than we are doing good. And so people are walking away from the church because God took my mother, God took my daughter, God took my baby, you know? And th- th- that's not what scripture teaches. There are instances where, you know, Enoch walked with God and was no more, Elijah in the chariot, but as a teaching in the Bible, there is a time to live and a time to die. That everyone has got a date where you're going to check out of here. And that's the part that we don't know. And that's the part that shows us that we need a savior because life is like a vapor. And so, so often when I'm sitting with people, you know, I try not to say too many things you know, when they ask why, I try to let them know that, hey, that's what it's like to be a human. I'm going to go. You're going to go one day. God is not playing a cruel game with you and snatching this person out of your life to teach you a lesson, to make you come to him. I'm going to I'm gonna take them so that you'll praise me. This kind of stuff that people say, please, if you're listening to me, please stop saying those things to people and let them know. That God cares for them and the God of all comfort wants to comfort them in their time of need. That the Bible says, blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted. Because there's going to be times where there's a a need for comforting, not a need for finding a way to um, almost defend what's going on and make God seem like he had this great plan for taking this person out of your life. I just think it's 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 tough when that's what people are thinking, that God is doing this to them. It's it's a struggle. Yeah.
1: It's another point, though. I thought you was gonna touch on it, but it's another thing that we as Christians say probably even before we get to the death. It's this whole if you have enough faith, God will do what you ask. Yeah. That yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people feel that way. So I'm gonna tell you. One of the churches I was going to, the pastor would preach that heavenly. Like, if you have enough faith, you will be healed. And we did a show. We kind of talked about this. We had I uh, I can't remember his name. The guy we had on, he's like, he don't take medicine. He don't go. Right, you know, right, right. You know, you know. Uh, but, but when you're teaching people this, that if you have enough faith, and you pray to God, God's going to answer that prayer. God will answer your prayers, but it's not going to always be Yes. Sometimes God's answer to your prayer is going to be no, or that's not good for you, or not yet, or whatever the case may be. And when people pray to God, it's thinking that that's going to be an automatic yes, especially when it comes to a loved one dying, then now they're mad at God. And we, that's the that's the thing we really got to stop teaching people, is that, that we got to pray according to God's will. Because even Jesus himself, he said, if there's any other way... You know, let this cup pass from me. Oh, I, I'm definitely butchering what Jesus said, yeah. but he, but he asked if there was any other way. The answer was no. He had to go to the cross. Paul asked three times for the thorn in his uh, side to go away. God said, "No, my grace is sufficient for you." And so we have this whole. And I'm just gonna say the naming and claim it And if you don't, if you got enough faith, that message is killing people faith because the minute they don't get what they want they they blame god and they turn away from him
0: yeah you know i would love to hear darren's take on this because obviously being able to preach around the world you know you've probably seen some healings and some miracles and things like that you know um a lot of times we don't control how god's gonna answer (laughs) you know We we just pray right i mean we can't you know I can't just say oh I go for uh, uh, you know 20 for 20 bring them in here and I'm going to heal them no I don't know what's going to happen right
2: <laughs> yeah yeah for sure man you know and first of all I just to the comment about being around the world uh, I I want to say this because I think it's important for the American church the most miraculous healings and the most demons that I've ever the, the most people I've seen authentically verifiably healed and the most times I've seen demons cast out have been here in the United States, right here in, in normal cities. Um, but, you know, yeah, th- does God heal everyone? No. And does God heal all the time? No. In fact, I don't know if it's it's in Mark somewhere, six chapter six or chapter nine, some, somewhere in that area. I remember reading it one time and it just caught my attention. And it says in the book of Mark that as Jesus was going to do ministry, that the, that the power to heal was with him that day. And it's like, well, the fact that it said that signifies that it wasn't just always there at any point. Like it was as the Holy spirit led as the father willed. Right. And what I always say is dude, bad theology hurts people. I mean, straight up bad theology hurts people. And this idea that like, you can never get sick, you know, God is just always going to heal you. If you just believe enough, man, the Bible just, just doesn't say that at all you know, and we have this wrong idea of faith. Like people, people have this idea of faith. Like if you just like conjure up enough belief, if you just believe hard enough that like God somehow is on the hook to respond to your belief. But if you stand up and if you declare in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy ghost, and I mean, you, you speak as loudly as you can. And everybody in the room believes you that this guy is going to get healed. But the Lord never told you that. The lord never told someone that he was going to do that today why do you think god is going to respond to you and and a lot of times he doesn't and it causes confusion and insecurities and instead of the person taking the blame well they blame it on the faith of the people around well someone here doesn't believe enough it's like no bro you were just speaking presumptuously on the lord doing something he wasn't saying if the lord told you that hey pray for this person i'm going to heal them and you respond to what he spoke, that's faith. If you believe that he can and you're willing to say, Lord, will you please heal this person, knowing that all he has to do is answer and they will be healed, that's faith. But if you just say, you know, I'm gonna declare something in Jesus' name and he's just gonna have to do it, that's not actually, that's actually a false faith. That's like a faith in our own strength and our own ability to believe, right? And it's like a really fine line But it, it, what, what, what does come into play about going around the world is dude, it doesn't matter where I go when I'm talking to people in, in North Africa or, you know, central Africa, Southern Africa, when I'm talking to people in India and Nepal, when I'm going, even when I'm rather on zoom or in person doing trainings, I always get the same questions. And it's always about faith, healing, and spiritual gifts because the false teaching and the confusion on those subjects it's the same all around the world, man. Like people are, are just confused about these things and it causes a lot of conflict. It causes a lot of separation. And when we understand who God is and how to trust on him, even when he doesn't say yes, like when, when God doesn't heal us and we can still say, but Lord, I thank you that you're good. You know what I mean? Like to me, that's true faith, right? That is, that is powerful.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I went, I mean, and again, I don't even want to, I hate to bring this up at the same time. We're talking about somebody dying or whatever, but, and Anthony, you know, I kind of shared this a little bit with Anthony. I felt like I went, I felt like I was going through a season where I felt like I was just getting it wrong with God, man. Like I, you know, like, uh, well, not getting it wrong with God, but more so getting it wrong with what I thought that God was doing in my life. Like when I, when I moved here, one, my whole entire military career, like, I want to retire in Texas. And I had already done a special duty, but then I got this job, which is another special duty, meaning it's not my normal career field. And that's unheard of to do that twice. But I got it. At the same time, I'll be able to eligible to retire. So I'm like, man, that's God. Then I had uh, sold my house to my, to my tenants because I had, like, three other offers, higher offers, but my tenants, right, they uh, wanted to buy the house. They had been living there for six years. And had I sold to somebody else, they would have got put out. So I had this whole burden on my heart, like, man, God, just please make a way for them to get the house they did. So now I get to Texas. I'm like, yep, yeah, we sold the house. I'm about to buy a house here. My realtor was like, the market is really bad. You're going to have to give, like, $20,000, 40000 I was like, nope, I'm trusting in God. God's going to make it happen. But I didn't get the house. And I'm like, man, then I wanted to teach at DAU. And so this DAU opportunity came up. Which means I would have had to move from Texas. My family didn't really want to, but I'm like, oh man, maybe this is what I got to let me get a house because I'm supposed to leave and go through DAU. Then the DAU thing didn't work out. And and so I'm just thinking to myself, like, man, why why am I getting, like, what is going on, God? Why am I getting it wrong? But at the end of the day, I'm like, you know what? If I didn't get a house, and 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 this took me some months later, you know, I had to appreciate where I'm living at now. Um, I was like, You know, I'm glad I didn't get the house then because I'm hearing news articles about people that the interest rates are too high and the taxes don't went up and people are starting to foreclose and they wish they did. And God may save me for something. And so I, I have to remember and understand when God says no, He's saying no for my benefit. He's not, God don't want to withhold something that's good for you from you, right? If, if, you know, you never know why God may say no in a certain thing. And I, I agree with you, Anthony. When somebody's grieving, that's not the time to try to think of the reasons why God pulled them away. But at the end of the day, that's, there is a reason that God did it. Nine times ten, we don't know what that reason is, but we got to trust that God is a good and just God. So when He do say no, we got to be good with that as well. All right, cool. Let's let's uh, man. The comment section is blowing up. Y'all appreciate y'all. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, de- I definitely I, I I would pull them all up. Um, but we got it. We got to get to these other things. So let's let's get to it real quick. Um, let's go. So so I I went on this thread. This is where I got the uh, question of the week from this. Um, I think it's Reddit or something. I, I I don't even remember where I got it from. But um, in that thread, people gauge their reasons why. And so just want to just kind of just look at some of those and share our thoughts on it and hear people in the comments thoughts on these different reasons why people are leaving Christian the faith. So the Christians they know or see are bad examples. I think we kind of touched on that one. I'm not going to get go, go any deep on Christians being to the blame. They don't feel the need for it. Doesn't fill a hole in their hearts and lives. It's only added burden. They have a social. They have no social connection to Christianity anymore. And it seems weird. And for one reason or another, they feel that it's inaccurate. So let's touch on the. Uh, it doesn't fill the hole in their hearts or lives. It only adds burden. To me, it's, it seems like there's, you know, because you, you, you know, Christians are, you know, we serve and take care of people. and We do stuff in the church, and I, I'm assuming they're looking at that as a burning, and it's not filling that hole or heart in their lives. And my response is simple to this one: is again, if God is truth, then where else are you gonna? Like Peter said, where else, are you, where else are you gonna turn to? Where, else, where else are you gonna go? Um, and if you're not filling that hole in your heart, you probably haven't had an experience with the Holy Spirit you probably not say that. That's my thoughts on it. Y'all got any thoughts on that one?
0: Yeah, I, 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 I think it makes sense, though, you know, that, that, that this is not, you know, filling the hole, because I think that's how Christianity has been preached. It's been preached as if you got a bad marriage, give your life to Christ and he'll fix it. You got to, you know, you, you lost your job, give your life to Christ and he'll get you a new one. You know, this happened to you, give your life to Christ and he will fix it. Well, a lot of people are fixing those things without Jesus, right? Because mm-hmm. that's not the issue. The issue is salvation. The issue is uh, freedom, uh, is deliverance from the power and the penalty of sin, not just fixing your life. And I think when we view Christianity as fixing your life, then there's people that can get that done in other ways. And so that does make sense. And it would be a burden to have to now give in this offering to get those things that I want, to come to church to get this stuff that I want, to live pure in order for God to bring my husband or my wife. You know, when, when you start using Christianity as this thing, and, and, that, and that's the, the appropriate word, when you start using Christianity, then we have a problem that th- this is not supposed to be something that we use to make a better life. This is something that we come to realize that this is the way to live because this is the way we were created to live, to be in right relationship with the father and Jesus makes that possible.
1: That's good. That's good. Do you, you want to add anything on that one? Or you want to move to the next one there?
2: Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I think they're both honestly connected, both of those questions. You know, in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy, a big part of the law was social norms, social justice. And then in all of the prophetic books in the Old Testament, as they're proclaiming judgment against Israel, it was primarily for breaking those laws, for not defending the widow right for oppressing the poor people for not worshiping the Lord in a certain way and putting really the their lives in order so that things would be good and equitable and so that God would be glorified in the midst of it and when you know Christianity today is like this big country club self-help book and like our brother was saying like man at least in some some degree people who are looking for self-help dude you can find it everywhere. Now, is it really going to, is it going to be the end all be all? No. Is it actually going to fix anything? No. But to them, it's at least helpful, right? Counseling helps people who are lost. They feel better. And that's, if that's all they're looking for where they found it. But you know, when, if the church was to be what we're supposed to be, if we're, if we were really out there You know fighting for the orphans and the widows and for the oppressed if we were out there in the community loving people sharing our food bringing in the homeless like we would be a visible force to be reckoned with and then suddenly the social connection would be very clear but when you think about how christianity exists in america it's all all every church dude every church in america is just trying to figure out how to make their sunday service better 90% or more if not 99% of their efforts, times and thoughts and conversations is how can our Sunday service be better? Not how can our community be better? Mm-hmm. Not how can the homeless situation be better? Not how can the broken, you know, how can we make this area inside these four walls that none of the lost people connect with in any way how can that be better? And even then, most of the time spent there, even even with really solid teaching and preaching, most of that effort is not getting people outside to live Christianity out to affect anyone yeah. else it's affecting them and only them and so you're stealing away this great purpose and power that God has given us from the holy spirit and with the gospel to proclaim truth salvation and transformation in people's lives and it's like you know one of the things where people people ask me all the time, why am I not growing? I feel like I'm not growing. I'm not interested anymore. And I always ask, I always ask them, well, how are you serving? Mm. And they're either not serving at all, or they're just doing some mundane. I show up and do this thing. They're not really dying to themselves to, to serve someone in a real significant way and, you know, learning the word of God and being filled is exciting at first. But then if you never go out to fulfill, like what you were taught these truths for, like right to, to be a transforming agent, then the purpose of that training, the purpose of that, that teaching gets robbed from you. And it's like, well, shoot, man. I mean, I, okay. I know the Bible now. I, you know, I go to church, but I mean, I could stay home and play video games and watch the Super Bowl, and I still know Jesus. So why, why do that? You know,
1: man, man, that's <clears> a good, good point. <throat> <laughs> that is, that's, that's really good stuff because I could tell you one thing, man, if you want to feel purpose in like how it talks about that hole in their hearts to not feel, Go and serve somebody else. Go and help somebody. Like when you when you do that, you get like I, I think that's one of the reasons why I like coaching and teaching is because when I teach somebody something, then I see that it helps them or it makes them better. It does feel something in me. And you know, now um, you made a, you made a lot of you made a lot of valid points that I just feel like a lot of the reasons people leave Christ and a lot of what I'm seeing here is a selfish thing. Like I rarely ever hear somebody say, I left Christianity because I actually looked at the evidence and I just don't think God is real. Or I don't think that, you know, I think I think it's something else that happens and then they start saying that. But 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 in reality, man, um that hole in your life will be filled if you actually encounter Christ. That's that's just my my view on it. Uh far as it being inaccurate, um, there's tons of apologetics Tons of people that can kind of t- Talk on the reasons for believing in Christ uh, We've done some episodes on that um, I've, no, I have know when I taught at the um, At the uh, food pantry I, I've done some stuff on that Or whatever There's plenty of reason to believe That the gospel is true One of the biggest pushbacks against I didn't mean to do that Let me go here Alright A few reasons All right, it says, so this person said they did a deep study on it. And um, they said, going off of memory, one is failures of the church. So, I mean, that's a common one, people blaming the church. Um, Secondly, was societal change, social pressures to identify as Christian just isn't what it used to be. People who were going to church because family or work expected them to aren't anymore, maybe holidays. I personally think this is the biggest factor. So let's touch on the social and the people just showing up. again, that last bullet point proof they they didn't they didn't have an experience with Christ they didn't they didn't they, they never encounter him they were just doing it cuz their parents do it when i teach youth and kids i always say hey uh, you know just because your parents believe doesn't mean that you believe. And so I like to kind of get a poll on the kids they actually believe. And so then, you know, and I let them know that I'm not going to tell their parents or anything like that, but I kind of want to know so then I can know how to share the gospel with them to the point where, you know, hopefully we get to a point where they do believe. Because they can't, you can't get into heaven off your mama's belief, right? You, like, It's your personal relationship with Christ. Uh, but societal changes, that I think that one is a huge one because especially now our world is saying what it means to be good, what it means to be loving, and a lot of that answer is contrary to biblical teaching. And so now when you just want to be a good citizen, you want to, you know, do, you know, love your neighbor if you will. Then and then they and, they, and they're telling you stuff that's different from Christ. Then then it's it's kind of hard to believe or know what is true and what is false, and um, when I again going back to that podcast, where we were kind of talking about this. That was one of the biggest things was like, oh well, what the Bible teaches and how things were done back then. None, that's not a, that's not relevant now. That's not how we do things now, or whatever. But the, I go back to this and I lean on it. Truth is truth. So if society changes, that doesn't mean they're changing for the better. A prime example is slavery. You know, when we did when we use slavery. When we use the Bible in, in inappropriately to justify slavery. Now we've moved away we moved away from that. But saudi constantly changing, but truth doesn't change. And so to me, that's a poor excuse to move away from Christianity. I would rather somebody say what Darren friend said was like, hey, do I gotta give up living with my girlfriend? Oh well now nah, I ain't with that. Versus now, oh it's okay to live with my girlfriend now and God needs to be cool with that because back in his days, back in Jesus days, they weren't doing that. But now these days, God just gotta understand because that's just how it is now. You know, those that those those are my thoughts on it.
0: Yeah, mm, yeah. Go ahead, D. I mean, go ahead, Darren. <laughs> oh,
2: <clears throat> yeah, man. You know, he, he's got a good point, right? Like the society changes, church isn't what it used to be. But but honestly, that's a good thing. I mean, it, it sounds bad, but you know, in First John chapter two, it says that those who went out from us went out from us to prove that they were never of us because if they were of us they would have remained with us right it's a proof of the holy spirit um who leads us into fellowship with himself and with other people who have the holy spirit and so there was a time where it, it didn't really matter what you believed. like going to church was socially normal it was acceptable it was the good moral thing to do when morals mattered right <laughs> and uh i mean if nothing else that's where you networked as a businessman you you <laughs> went to church in your community and that meant something today it's, it's actually quite the opposite like in, even as an adult in the workplace like saying you go to church or do something like that could really can really put you in, a, in an area of, of opposition. And so, you know, you have to we're getting more and more to the point where you have to die publicly just to walk into oh. a church building sometimes. And so, again, is that causing some sort of falling away? Well, yeah, but not of anybody of, a, of any authentic faith you know what I mean? And some of that is honestly appropriate. And the last thing I'll say is like what well, the pastor the church I pastored in Kerrville, when I came on board there, there was another pastor there as well. I co-pastored at that church. And there was 15 people when I joined that church and they were all over, over 55 years old. And by the time I left, I mean, our little church was packed to the brim. We only held about 70 people in that building at one time. Uh, most of them were young adults or young family age. And then we had college ministry, youth ministry. We had a home churches. We had all these other ministries because we couldn't fit everybody in our church. It was impossible. Right. And we weren't even really trying to honestly, but what I'm getting at is that is that church to this day is this dingy little building that is just like awkward and has like a musky smell to it. And like, you know what I mean like there is nothing amazing about that church there was never a a five-star worship team with lights and fogs we have those like low panel ceilings you know what I mean like anything that would make somebody want to go to church the lights the camera the action we had none of that and the only people who really came to our church were people who authentically wanted to know Jesus more and sometimes that was kind of tough because when you 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 know you wish you had some things that well someone would be more comfortable here but actually i learned to love it because people who were just going to be accepted by some crowd or to go for some experience man they didn't find that at our church (laughs) yeah (laughs) and we expected people to be people in the struggle but we also held people accountable in a loving way and if it became very clear that someone was just unwilling to repent, not that they were struggling or having a hard time, but they were just unwilling that we'd say, Hey man, like we're following Jesus. If that's not what you want to do, this isn't the place for you. And honestly, that's what church is supposed to be. Right. And so in that scenario, growth is authentic. Separation is authentic. But when you have this large American church system, that's based on creating experiences, you know, you never know who's coming through the door or why they're staying there.
1: Man, that's, that's such a valid point. And it, it kind of ties into your last point where you said that focus on how do we make my service better? How do we make this better versus, you know, how do we make, how do we actually share the gospel with people? Uh, ultimately uh, outside of the four walls, if you will, it's a good point. After you want to touch on that one, you want y'all want to move to the next one. Yeah,
0: yeah, just, just real quick. I, I man, I, I, I love what Darren said because it, The authentic Christian is revealed in these points here is that with with society changing, you have to be a true follower of Christ. And this is going to test you. We are going to know if you're real. You're going to know if you're real, which is more important than, you know, you're going to know. If you're real, the, the old the old adage is faith that is not tested can't be trusted, right? And so at some point, you've got to be put, and, and, and I, I've said this before, and I know for some people it's like tough to handle, but I don't have a problem with society going in the direction that it's going. Because at the end of the day, it separates the real from the fake and it shows us the reality of preaching the gospel as you said earlier Rico now the bible is coming to fruition right before our eyes the things that the bible says are happening and so now we've got to do what the bible says we're supposed to do when these things happen <laughs> and so th- this is this is the time for the rise, the, the, the rising up of the true believers that now are you preaching the gospel because you love God? Or are you preaching the gospel because it's an opportunity to, to get a name or to create a career? You know, there are people that went to seminary because preaching was going to be a career. It wasn't that it was just it was a calling. It was a career. And so if I paid all this money in seminary, then I needed a paying preaching job because I paid all this money to go to seminary. But the individual that says, you know what, I'm just here to preach the gospel and I'm studying my butt off so that when I'm encountering people, I have an answer of the hope that is within me, you know, and that I'm able to sanctify the Lord in my heart. That's a different individual. They need no fanfare. They don't need a website. They don't need any of those things. They're like, look, I just want people to know Christ. And the average person is gonna be put to the test because society is openly in disagreement with your faith. And so what are you gonna do about it? So yeah, uh I, I, I think those are those are some great points. And it really says, hey, are we willing to step up?
1: Yeah, amen. yeah, that yeah, amen. I mean all all valid points. Um, so we in the comments we are getting a you all should make a part two of this and then G Barry says <laughs> I second this part two, ASAP. So I know we're going along and a part two would be good. Anthony, <laughs> what you think? Should we should we should we do a part two? Should we? A- I'm and, just trying to think can... if we did a part two, how like what? I mean, we could finish these. We don't have to finish all of these. We can come back, pick back up with this, and then just share share some other some other things because uh, I can tell you. Um, one of the things that I originally wanted to go to, and I was like, you know what? No, I'm not going to take it there, is is the whole... Uh, but the reality of it is, is is a huge reason why a lot of people leave, it, and it's the whole issue of money. Um, when I was talking with the people on the podcast that was you know pastors got these big planes and then they're multi-millionaires and they, but the people in their church are hurting and, and 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 you know and then of course you know while I was doing this I came across some clips on good old Robert Morris and some of his teaching which is on another level but um that that that's a whole nother area we could take it to um I'm just not I'm not sure what, what what's your thoughts would you want to do a part two on this topic?
0: You know, if if we if we did, you know, I would like to hopefully we get Darren back, you know, to explore um, this whole idea of deconstruction, because we really haven't talked about that, because that's kind of a big thing with celebrity pastors and preachers. And, you know, and what is that all about? You know, even the clip that you showed uh, with the um, the young Don, the individual that was on um, that clip i watched his full video i watched his full video and he goes into he went into egyptian and you know all kinds of stuff that he researched that made him say well it's i don't believe in this anymore Mm. you know and there are some very compelling uh uh, teachers out there against you know christianity that you know uh, have caused this idea of of deconstruction and so You know, what is deconstruction? Why are people doing that? You know, how is it that someone can be in the church for pretty much half their life and then wake up one day and I don't believe this anymore? You know, and another person, if we do it, I would love to get Joe Day on here for uh, because he was one of those guys and he's got a great testimony.
1: Well, yeah, let's let's do that, then. Yeah, do so, so yeah, I mean, we had two and a half hours already. So let's let's go ahead and wrap up. Let's say the rest of these for for part two. Um, I, I would love to see G. Barry and NPR Evolution back because they requested the part two. I request, you know, hopefully everybody else will come. But so so let's do this instead because there's <laughs> one there's one Bible passage that I definitely wanna that I want to bring up. Um,
0: well, well, actually, Darren, we- would you be able to make it back on? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: for sure, man, for sure. I'd love that. And you know, it's it's interesting. It just hit me. Um, I've got a song that's going to release this Friday, March third. Um, it's going to release everywhere, and it's called "Wake Up." I just recorded the music video to it. The music video, I think, is going to be very powerful. It's going to be coming out uh, maybe a week later. After that. Um, and it's actually in a lot of ways about this issue, about kind of just the issues in the church and how we've lost sight of what we're supposed to be. And if it's OK, I, I wanted just to read like a short part of the lyrics just to kind of um, you know, just as a little sample of, of what this is talking about. And it's called Wake Up and it's, it's to the church. It's like, hey, wake up church. Right. Um, and it says, how many times will our sins stay secret? How many lives will we pass by leaving? Fathers without hope, daughters without safety, mothers selling love, buying pampers for their babies. What's the point of going to church if your faith inactivated while there's people out here dying, but these Christians aggravated that their church is out of coffee, they see the seat the like is taken, how the pastor's a little boring and the worship ain't your favorite? when you're living out of comfort but it's Jesus that you're claiming other people think you're lying and they're getting kind of jaded if God is really good why do you let me suffer why do you let me get abused and refuse to save my mother if God is really good would he look like that a million dollars on a building while these kids sell crack a hundred thousand dollars salaries but don't give back unless their logo's on their label and their picture's getting tagged and Mm -hmm. I mean that's the truth of it man
5: (laughs) yeah that's
2: the truth like people people want something real they, they want something real. I've seen it, man. I've, I've gone into youth services and preached nothing but suffering to people who had never heard the gospel and had them give their lives to Jesus. It blew my mind. Yeah. People want something real and what they're experiencing and what the church is focused on. You know, I, I think the world sees it and a lot of Christians are seeing it. Man, it's, it's not real. It's at the very least not what it's supposed to be. Right, my favorite line there: "A million dollars on the building while these kids so crack." Like, what are we doing? What is yeah. our priority really?
1: Man, that yeah, that is deep. A <laughs> million dollars on the building. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely. So yeah, definitely. Part two gonna be Let's sweet. It, y'all. Yeah, we, def- we definitely gotta do it. It'll be two weeks from now, so we go live every other Sunday. So it'll be two Sundays from now, and I know I'm about to get ready to start traveling a lot from work. So, worst case scenario, I will be doing this from i uh, I'll be doing this from a hotel, you know, uh, but I, I'll make sure I take my stuff to get it, to to get us set up. So, if the internet connection not as good, that'll be why. But before we go, I do want to end on this note because, you know, um, a lot of people are suffering, people are struggling, and, and when you go through trials and when you go through tribulations and that kind of stuff, it can cause you to question is God, does, does, is God there? Does God care? Is he real? The whole nine. And so so um, I wanted to go through this passage, uh, the passage where Jesus walked on water um, the, in, in Mark. I think it's in a couple of the Gospels, but I want to read it from Mark, uh, what is it, Mark 6? Yes, yeah, Mark six. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read that. And the reason why a lot of times we may not think about Jesus walking on water and, and tying it to this, but what I want to do is uh, we'll tie it to like hardships and that kind of stuff. But I'm gonna read the passage, and, and you'll see why I want to go there. And before before I read the passage though, um, right before Jesus walked on the water in the book of Mark, I want y'all to understand something because we're struggling, we go through our times, but the, the disciples went through that as well, and so. Before he walked on water, before that story in the in Mark, Jesus had sent the 12 disciples out, and they would turn everybody to repent and turn to God. They was able to cast out demons and people. I think this was like in, earlier in Mark, like Mark 6, 12. Then um, in Mark, I think, 41 or so, Jesus feeds the 5,000, right? So with five loaves, two fish, his disciples witnessed this. Plus the fact that they literally gave up their life to follow Christ, um, you would think that if anybody that believed in God, was on path, their faith was on point, would be his disciples. But watch what happened during the story of Jesus' walk on water. Um, and pay close attention to what Jesus said about their hearts, because this whole time we've been talking about how hearts have been hardened. Um, and also, too, Darren kind of broke up. Uh, brought up the uh, parable of the swords. I, was, I wanted to go through that passage as well, but that kind of just breaks down, and it talks about people's hearts posture and that and that as well. Um, but let's 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 go to that passage real quick, and I want to read that with you all and share this with you. And hopefully, this this encourage you. It said immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake to Bethsaida, while he sent the people home. So right off the rip, Jesus. Is sending them. He told them to go here. After telling everyone goodbye, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Late that night, the disciples were in their boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land. He saw they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and waves. About 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. Now, again, key points. Jesus sent them through that. And now they're in trouble, rowing in this storm, afraid, right? About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking um, on the water. He intended to go past them, so he didn't even—he wasn't even going to go toward. He was just going to go past them. So, so just keep that in mind as well. But when they saw him walking on the water, they cried out in terror, thinking it was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then he climbed in the boat, and the wind stopped. They were totally amazed. Now watch this. For they still didn't understand the significance of the miracle of loaves. Their hearts were too hard to take it in. So they still didn't realize who were they with. What who he, what he came to do when he fed those they didn't they didn't understand the significance of that that that's a whole nother video we can go even deeper into the, the significance of that but the bottom line is they witnessed these miracles they were with Jesus they turned they went and told people to repent but still when they got into this trouble in this into this storm they were afraid they were in terror but when Jesus came on board everything calmed down and what I want to share with people is. Uh, uh, also, too, is that Jesus sent them on there. So sometimes Jesus is gonna send us into a trial. He's gonna, he, he's gonna, he know what life is about. Matter of fact, in this particular situation, he didn't even attend to even interact with them. He was just gonna let them kind of get through it, right? But then when they saw him, he came to them. They cried out to him. He came to them. And so I just want to say, when you're going through trials, tribulations, understand that God knows. Understand that God is there. Understand that He cares for you. Understand that He has a plan for you. Um, and 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 don't be afraid. Don't harden your hearts during that time. Do like the disciples, turn to him, cry out to him, instead of turning away from him. Um, and, you know. And at the end of the day, if God has done miracles in your life, if you had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, and he, remember that when you go through those trials. Re- remember that when you're going through pain, and share that with somebody else who's going through through certain things. Because at the end of the day, we're gonna go through trials, but it's better to go through it with Jesus. You know, those are those are those are my final thoughts. Anthony, Darren, what what are y'all final thoughts on the show before we transition next in a couple of weeks to part two?
0: Man, I, I I'm just gonna say, man, um suffering, uh, as they call it, the seminary of suffering <laughs> teaches us a lot of things that we won't learn through ease and comfortable and um, what is uh, sometimes what we call good Um, because life uh, in itself, Jesus said that in this life, there will be tribulation. You know, there will be troubles. You know, uh, Peter said, think it not strange, the fiery trials that come to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you, (laughs) you know. Um, But know that later on in that passage in first Peter uh, chapter four, he says that when you suffer, the glory of God and the spirit of God rest on you, that somehow God is very close to you. As you saw Jesus on the water with the disciples, he gets close to you in suffering. A lot of times our mind says he's far away because I'm suffering. But if you could switch your mind. To understand that when you're going through the most difficult time, the, the hardest days of your life, he is close to you. He draws nigh to you that 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 many are the afflictions of the righteous, righteous but the Lord shall deliver them out of them all. And so I, I just pray that as we're going through or as we see people going through, we're reminded that Jesus is not far from them, that he might be just passing by and he's checking things out Um and he's right there to answer you know our prayer just because he doesn't um keep us out of the trial doesn't mean that he's any less real in the trial
1: hey amen Darren any final thoughts
2: yeah man you know I, I think I just want to say like regardless of where you are with the lord uh you know some people have really experienced him powerfully some people have not if you're in a place where you feel like he's not there where you feel like you're broken you're suffering where you don't understand or if you're in a place where you're just not sure you know i i just want to encourage you instead of running from that instead of putting up a wall around that confusion or on that hurt or or, you know, just allowing yourself to remain there. I want to challenge you to take that to the Lord and to lay it bare before him, like no holds bars. Like the Lord knows how you feel, right? So he's not offended. It's not like you're hiding anything from him anyways. But I would say take a time, set set the time aside in a space by yourself and whatever you're feeling, your pain, your rejection, your confusion, your hurts, your doubts, verbally lay them out on the table before the Lord and say jesus if you're there or jesus because i know you're there wherever you are in that right i need you to help me understand i need i need i don't have any peace you say i should have peace i need your peace right you say that you'll be there to provide but i'm not seeing it you say that you gave to came to give us life and life more abundantly but i don't feel like my life is abundant whatever you feel i want you just to lay that out to the lord and to just ask him to speak to you ask him to take those burdens and to reveal himself to you in your life in a way that only he can do it because at the end of the day I could I could convince you all day I could share scriptures I could share testimonies and you could still deny or not those believe not believe those things right but when the Lord himself speaks to you when the Lord gives you peace when the Lord answers you like he doesn't need me to defend him then you will know that he and he alone is God Allah does not answer prayers Muhammad does not answer prayer. Buddha does not answer prayers, but Jesus Christ, the living God is there for you and in you. And he answers prayers. So I just, you know, submit yourself to him through the pain, through the struggles, and he will prove himself true. And the only reason I am where I am today and doing what I am doing today is in the depths of my darkness. I cried out to the Lord, guilty and ashamed. And he answered me and saved me for his own purposes. And when we are willing to cry out, you know, the Bible says all who call upon, you know, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Right. And so a real crying out to God, a real calling out to God is, is something that he honors and he will not remain silent forever.
1: Amen. All right. Listen, y'all, we share so much tonight and I want to make sure um, that some key points really sink in. You know, you know, that we don't miss out on some of these key points. It's crucial to understand that a hardened heart can hinder our faith, right? So we heard the word, we heard, had joy, but then, that you know, it's coming, it's taken away, or, or that joy is drowned out by the carries and worlds of the world. If we linger in that, that can hinder our faith. And without faith, we cannot please God. We need to have faith in the one and only name that can save us, right? So... This one is echoed, uh, it was echoed in our devotional in Hebrews chapter three, where we see how the Israelites hardened their hearts and then believe in God, and they weren't permitted to enter into, uh, into uh, God's rest. We also see this warning in the parable of the swords like Darren talked about. Uh, we witnessed how uh, we also witnessed how the disciples needed Jesus' help to overcome and the passages I just shared to overcome their hardened hearts and their unbelief. And I want you to know that today is the day to make a decision, to turn and trust to Christ because there's no one else that can save us. So there's no point of turning away because there's nowhere else to go. Just like Peter said, let us not be like the Israelites or the, the seed that fell on rocky soil. Or among the thorns. Instead, let us be like the seed that falls on good soil and produce uh, a fruitful harvest. And remember, um, even though a hardened heart may hinder your faith, it's never too late to turn to Christ. It's never too late to trust Him. It's never too late to repent. Let's make that decision today and let Him guide us towards a life of joy, love, and purpose. Uh, First and foremost, I want to thank Darren for coming in kicking it with us. I want to make sure everybody who's watching come out and check out Faithful Fishers. Whenever the new song, Wake Up, Drop, make sure we check that out and support our brother in Christ. And I want to thank you all for, uh, matter of fact, let me change the camera because I'm looking at Darren instead of everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I want to thank you all for um, watching the show, and I hope you enjoyed it. I encourage you to subscribe to all of our channels so that way you'll be notified when we go live. You'll be notified when we drop part two. And uh, remember to be like the Bereans, study uh, the Barrears. be.
0: If you enjoyed this video, like, subscribe, and share this content with others. Thanks for watching. God bless.